0: Oh, good evening, weary travelers. You seem to have found your way to that time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga, our heated adventures over-analyzing manga we find interesting, otherwise known as the over Cast. And this, in the month of All Hallows' Eve, do I have quite the creation to share with you. Well, Not solely my creation, it's really a collaborative work of me and three co-hosts, but we're getting into the details. This week we revisited a favorite of ours, Franken Fran. (laughs) Uh, Volumes three through four. As always, please enjoy and don't die of fright. Oh god, oh god, the
1: voice.
2: Hurts.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Over Manga Cast. My name is Sam, and as always, at the top of the show, well, we usually talk about our familiarity with the franchise, but this is another revisit, and you could probably just go and uh, listen to last year's episode on Frank and Fran. Not much has changed for me, uh, in that I didn't read any between last year and now, so. There. Uh, I know Matt and Jay, you two have both uh,
3: previously read it in its entirety, correct? That is correct. I love me some Frank and Fran, especially the spooky time of the year.
4: Yes, I've also read um, all of Frank and Fran, and I'm a huge fan at any time of the year because I love Fran and her sarcasm and humor, as naive as it may be.
1: Jake, have you had any... uh fascinating new experiences or is this horror fresh
5: yeah this is uh, i haven't read anything in the meantime i've been uh, trying to keep up better with uh, actually reading things i like but uh, frank and fran uh,
3: what's the matter jacob it's almost like you read a completely different manga every single week or something i know <laughs> it's
5: almost like that isn't it
1: <laughs> nice thing about anthology series there's no real need to say last we left our heroes when we get to uh New uh, revisit episode. Bad thing about anthology
3: series. Where the hell are we? (laughs) Uh, Good thing about Frank and Fran. You definitely don't have to call them heroes.
4: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Folks that live in this world and do things.
5: (laughs) There are characters and there are antagonists. Yeah, Fran is one of the most true neutral characters there is. Yeah, but
3: Fran's true neutral
5: because she does incredibly
3: heroic acts of good and then equal number of horrific war crimes. (laughs) (laughs)
4: basis of she's trying to do the most good. It's just like I don't even want to say, like, I almost want to say it's in some points it's even chaotic neutral.
5: There is a strong element of chaos to Fran. She just has a very bad sense of scale
1: and isn't very good at disclosure, which is a pretty major flaw in a skill set for a doctor, but...
4: (laughs) You just have to beg her enough, and she'll do it, even though it's like, well, this will totally end up, like, catastrophic. But, you know, you ask very, like, convincingly, so whatever.
5: (laughs) And then she'll just make the cockroaches intelligent for some reason, even though nobody asked for that. (laughs) Why did we make the cockroaches intelligent? Because!
4: (laughs) And then there were spiders everywhere. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, anyway (laughs) we we open up our reading this time an ominous scene of a an old lady uh seeing a doctor uh the doctor man mr some generic guy he comes in he's like oh i hope you're doing well after the surgery and then he gets his throat slit by this frog toothy looking guy so, uh, serial killing of doctors. Great. F- fun. Yeah, <laughs> Who's, who's up next on the list? Maderaki Fran? Oh, this is going to go horribly.
3: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, we get, I, I think in our first reading, we had like this exact same setup, but with a, a guy who just keeps getting these surgeries to live forever.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: He, his end in a completely different way, I know. But like, Franz is like, yeah, no, old rich people who constantly have surgeries to live forever. That's kind of my entire market. Um... <laughs> 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 this is where the majority of my funding comes from. I kind of have to
1: factor into the budget the idea that one of them will go will go psychopath and try to kill me. The twist on this one is that Fran is going for a, an experimental way of uh, stopping cell degeneration and, in fact, regenerating the cells. And uh, this is going to prove uh, rather easy for her because she's got lots of tissue sample to work with. Namely, the hordes and hordes of clones this old lady has of herself.
2: Mm -hmm.
4: Can you say narcissist?
1: Narcissist.
3: Narcissist.
4: Good job, everyone. You learned (laughs) a new word.
3: (laughs) I already knew what narcissism was.
4: Good job, Matt. You get a gold star.
5: Yay! Yay! (laughs) <laughs> uh, Veronica also gets a gold star for uh, snooping because uh, she's able to find the uh, the actual literal meat locker full of uh, clone spare parts. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's uh, Franken-Fran, so it's uh, exactly what you expect. We don't have to explain anything else. Jake described it quite aptly.
3: Fran uh, launches into her explanation of like, hey, oh, yeah. Here's the thing. I think with all this spare tissue, I can develop something that's gonna just completely unage your cells one at a time. And I'm like, ah, it's gonna go horribly wrong, isn't it? And it's just like, wait. <laughs> wait, I, I'm not done yet. I'm just gonna and Fran does the thing she always does because she's super excited about research and completely explains how to do the procedure she's super excited about. And she's like, Yeah, it's really great. Well, I'm just gonna go look the other way and um, you know. Hopefully nothing bad happens. Oh, no,
5: I'm getting shanked in this parking lot. (laughs) Yeah, I also I also like how uh, I also like how Veronica goes up to Fran like, hey, there's a meat locker full of clone bodies. And Fran's like, yeah, that sounds about right anyway. Oh, wonderful. This will cut down on material costs. (laughs) And then she just walks into the parking lot to get shanked. Yep. Fran gets
1: pretty brutally uh, attacked, too. Uh, It's like two whole pages dedicated to. Frog-faced Toothman coming up behind her and uh, stabbing her in the throat numerous times, leaving her for dead. Nearly cutting her head off. Mm -hmm. Yep. But, um, this is Fran. She's fine. She gets up and stitches her own own, uh, neck
3: back together. In an equally gruesome way to it being torn apart, though.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) In fact, there are even more glamorous shots of her ripped up trachea dangling in the background as... (laughs) <laughs> She's stitching everything together
2: as
5: she somehow, with a uh, cut open throat, says "beginning operation." <laughs> that's a mind logic for you. I would believe she has a secondary pair of very tiny lungs
1: in like her chin or something, so she can say her iconic phrases even while beheaded.
3: Fran reconstructed her neck. She's like, "Well, I guess I just got murdered. Better walk back in and like confront them about this because that's kind of a, a bad deal."
4: You guys are being really mean.
3: Walks in, old lady's taking her um her little treatment, and now she is a hot young thirty-something woman in like the prime of her life, and is just like, yeah. Also, it's Frank and Fran. I'm gonna stand completely naked because <laughs> is what it do.
5: Um, <laughs> gotta get that in.
1: Yep, just yep. posing there, full up. You say that, but She's then it all
4: narcissist. This is kind of like literally examining herself from every angle via full full length
3: mirror. Mm -hmm. and it's got my favorite like the twist i love in frank and Fran so much is friends just like oh that's really cool i'm glad my thing worked out i'm really amazed you did this without any clinical tries or anything i'd be really worried about like something going catastrophically wrong wait something can go catastrophically wrong oh god my hands are cancer
1: I'm turning into a giant lump of cancerous tumors. <laughs> Fran just, is just like tottering in, blood still spurting out her neck. Her eyes have gone googly because, I, I guess, the nervous tissue damage. She hasn't had a chance to recalibrate that yet. Well, she has trouble with her eyes a lot, but... Uh... <laughs> yep. But it's enough for her to walk and talk and do her cute little smile and, Oh, you're so brave doing this on yourself, Shidasama. sama <laughs> She's screaming and devolving into a mass of tumors.
3: Because the ultimate cure for aging is cancer, because cancer cells do not age. And I'm like, you're technically right, I suppose, but also...
4: (laughs) Being technically correct is all that matters in this series. You're not wrong.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Jake, you put it pretty well, actually, before we started recording. So we have no proof of that, and I'm going to ape your line now. (laughs) But... (laughs) Uh, The mangaka, it seems like the kind of guy who has a real respect for science, but doesn't actually follow things that closely. It's a bit of the Hideo Kojima where He reads the first uh, line of a Wikipedia page on a political thing and makes
5: an entire video game about it. Basically, (laughs) there is a clear love of science displayed by the author and an extreme lack of understanding of such (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is honestly um, a big part of Frank and Fran, uh Frank and Fran's charm. I like
3: um, the, the, how this ends, too, is after she just like immediately dissolves into like a pile of cancer cells. Um, Fran and Veronica are just leaving because they're like, well, we did get murdered, so we probably should leave. And then uh, Veronica's just like, well, aren't you worried about the like vats and vats of clones you left back there? And Fran's just like, well, yeah, but only one of them gets to replace her. So, you know. I'm sure the situation will solve itself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Fran, you're cold. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there was also the fact that she was like this really well-known business lady.
1: She was like a a linchpin in the Japanese uh, financial sector. She was amazingly rich. Well, she's there's all those replacements. It's not
5: like anyone's going to notice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's all those replacements is the line that the the, uh, little incident ends on
4: just saying she approaches things very logically and that's why for better or for worse brand is not evil
3: oh but she doesn't always approach things logically she gets like emotional about stuff and then sadistic about it
4: (laughs) i would even argue that like even her sadistic is only because she like puts so much i don't i don't get all all the time like a lot of malice there's a lot of sarcasm but like not inherent like malice
3: i was about to say the very next case is a lot of malice on display from fran but okay i don't think so it's certainly one of the
1: more uh
5: cold-blooded things we've seen her do she gets because-
4: savage but she doesn't get like outwardly malicious
5: I think that this is a really good example of Fran's character and that she's not malicious. I think this might be the most uh, fickle god Fran has gotten in the reading so far. (laughs) Well, I mean, there is absolutely a fickle god aspect to Fran. But uh, (laughs) uh, to get into it, uh, a a group uh, called The Last Judgment causes a cave-in in in a tunnel. I guess they bombed both sides of the tunnel because I don't know why they couldn't just go out the other way otherwise. But uh, they never really explained (laughs) that. There are a bunch of radical eco-terrorists. And they also seem to be pretty bumbling. Avalanche, these guys ain't uh, trapping uh, Fran and her bus with. I believe another group. I think there are other people who aren't like directly involved in this. They definitely
3: don't show up though. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it's
5: mostly just it's mostly just Fran and uh, Fran and her crew with uh, and the and the eco terrorists. Yeah. Well,
3: because they're also against modern medicine too. So. Mm-hmm. They might have been targeting Fran's bus.
5: I believe they say that they that they were even yeah were targeting yeah. her specifically because she was getting supplies for her. Uh, we'll say it, Mad Science. Uh, <laughs> uh, because they are bumbling, uh, some of theirs got hurt. So Fran being Fran makes a point of doing everything she can to save their lives. It does the normal Frank and Fran thing of the first third is horrifying because a bad thing happens. Then the second third is heartwarming where the eco-terrorists learn that, oh, doctors are people too. And there are good doctors out there like Madaraki-san. And then the rest of the chapter happens (laughs) Yeah, like Mataraki's son
1: and her lovely assistant, Adoria.
3: Well, like th- this one is the most like generic, like what you would expect from a manga about like a like Blackjack, like mm-hmm. a super surgeon. is just like, mm-hmm. oh, you terrorists don't like modern medicine, do you? Hmm. Look how fickle you are, because like, it's just like, well, we don't believe in modern medicine, but he's going to die. Well, I guess in this case, we'll make an exception. And I'm like. If you make an exception when someone is going to die to use modern medicine, your beliefs don't really matter, but you know what? Whatever. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Those, Those aren't very strongly held principles in that regard, but yeah, well. We meet Adoria, who is uh, she is uh, fun. She is a a girl wrapped in bandages and with zippers all over her body because she is a walking organ bank. Fran installed the zippers to get the spare organs out easier.
5: Because you can just do that, apparently. (laughs) Uh-huh. I believe Fran can do that.
4: I'm oh, worried yeah. about the organs, like, snagging, because, like, zipper pulls are pretty jagged.
5: Fran is also a master surgeon, so...
3: She's played a lot of Operation. She's not touching the sides.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, that, that That's Frank and Fran logic for you, actually. Fran's going to do everything she can to keep everybody alive. Uh, if you do expire, however, because, uh, there's a, you know, limited amount of resources, uh, trapped in this tunnel, uh, then, uh, Adoria is going to take the organs back with interest. Because, mm-hmm. uh, if you, if you can't be saved, uh, which, which I mean, to be fair, can't be saved. Uh, you have to be in pretty serious condition when Fran is around to not be able to be saved. But if you can't be saved, then, uh, right before you die, uh, Adoria will collect you.
3: Got Fran has a great line where when she says why she's saving people, she's like, I guess I can write it off as a loss to charity. But conveniently, if you end up dying and I, I can no longer help you, I do get to re- make a return on my investment. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, Fran.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fran. That's the thing. I don't read that as maliciousness. There's like a level of like pragmatism to the point where it's terrifying about Fran. Like that is mm-hmm. that is her character in a nutshell. I,
3: I guess what my main takeaway that's making it malicious is the disparaging remark of I guess I'll write it up to charity. Yep. <laughs> if I can make a like return on this nice. <laughs> okay, like,
4: right. I would kind of liken that to, dare to bring it to our D&D campaign, but she is just, That's a reference no
3: one will understand.
4: Yes, and that's fine, but she is perhaps just lawful evil. But I don't think that's evil necessarily. She doesn't say no. She's just like, I'm bummed, because you know she runs like a very tight like financial budget. I can understand that, be like, I'm bummed, but I guess
5: I'll do this. She tries to. I don't think she succeeds at running a, a tight financial, but yeah. I, I,
3: I will say, if, if we're going to go full d
5: d alignment chart, why not
3: keep going with it? Um, <laughs> I, I would say Fran doesn't intend to be evil. She She's not <laughs> evil at heart. I would say, based on what she ends up doing, she is evil, but... <laughs>
5: <laughs> I think the important thing about Fran is that because the because the ending of this is that uh, they're not able to be rescued until uh, I, a little over uh, is it a week or two weeks? I think it's two, two weeks. Two weeks. So the only survivors are the you know inhuman creatures that are Fran and her companions. So like like that's sort of the reason it has such a such a negative bent to it. But the thing is, if they had been saved like three hours in. I don't, like, Fran would have just, you know, let the organs she used go and those people still living, and she would have been bummed she was out material, since that was what she was out to do was to go get more of them, but she wouldn't have, like, she would have been glad at least that, you know, people survived. That's why I don't read her as malicious in that sense. She genuinely wants to preserve life. I'm just
3: saying, the story we got does end with Adora walking out of the mine, looking like Invader Zim, full of stolen people's organs.
1: <laughs> yep. I think the most important takeaway here is that this was written after JoJo's Part 5, so Zippers All Over the Body is a JoJo's
3: reference. (laughs) I'm not going to debate you on that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Also, Adoria is a horrible, uh, terrifying spaghetti face monster that just suctions up people inside of her.
4: She is such... Well, she had such a, you know, caring heart. She's a sweetheart. Mm -hmm. She just unfortunately has a very monstrous interior.
3: It, it, it depends how fresh the heart is, if it's still sweet.
2: Yes.
4: yeah, yeah. I would say, actually, the older it was, it would start to get sweeter.
3: Hearts sweeten with age? Yeah, I age would say so. that seems unlikely.
4: All right. I don't want to put this theory <laughs> well, to the test, but you can. What about
3: sweet, old, sweet little old ladies? I, I would say people generally grow bitter with age, but, you know.
5: That's been my experience. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking
1: about Frank and Fran, yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the kaiju. I like the kaiju. This one was weird.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The plot of this is so minuscule because it's mostly just parodying like Godzilla movies of like the army setting up and being like, we're going to nuke that monster when it comes here. It's like, does Japan even have those? I mean, for the purposes of the plot we're telling. Yes, keep it hush (laughs) hush. And I'm like, and it's like in Godzilla movies, like they're going to nuke Godzilla. Do, Do they have nukes? For the purpose of this movie, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a military secret. No, I'm not
5: surprised
1: you didn't know. <laughs>
5: <laughs> this will also not be the last Godzilla reference in this uh, reading section, but we'll get to that. <laughs> Yes, yep. our our favorite dumbass
1: is Judgment Day or Last Judgment or whatever the hell they're called. Uh, they ha- they were out doing some uh, eco terrorism on the high seas when they get attacked by an Evangelion monster. <laughs> I mean, kind of. <laughs> it's uh, sure, why not? It's a giant, vaguely humanoid shape made out of chirpy
3: white stuff. Ugh. M- meanwhile, Fran is just like that. Makes no sense. Things don't get bigger in nature because, like, size is incredibly costly and is only like a last resort for evolutionary divergence. But then she's just, someone's just like, but what if it wasn't evolution? That was (gasps) man-made. The doctor?
4: Doctor. It's so hot
2: for the doctor.
1: A monster in the 21st century? Oh, Professor Amatsuka, you're killing me. She's laughing with all oh, her horde of terrible creatures <laughs> behind her. Also laughing.
5: <laughs> but yeah, we we basically get the plot of a Godzilla movie up until the uh, punchline of, uh, Oh no, someone hasn't been evacuated from the island. The monster has reached the person who hasn't evacuated. Mom, I wanted to tell you in person I'm pregnant. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> Fran and uh Abatsuka found out that the uh found out from bits of the monster that uh it's human and pregnant. <laughs> and pregnant. Well, we don't find that out until the end cuz that's the punchline. <laughs> yeah, no, this uh this giant monster is a human that was uh reconstructed, we're pretty sure, by <laughs> Dr. Moraraki.
3: If Fran tells me there's no one else on the planet who could have done it but her, it's, it's him. <laughs> it's him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the giant monster was
1: uh, a girl who went to uh, commit not alive. So she decided to throw herself into the ocean with the whales that she found so beautiful. But Dr. Mataraki saved her and built her a body that would let her live with the whales.
3: And here we are. And... Then she boned
1: one of the whales. (laughs) And then she got pregnant. After she got the giant body to go live with the whales.
3: So in all fairness, the manga chapter we've read itself is not very indicative of that. And it kind of leads you to believe she was killing herself because she got pregnant. But (laughs) we then do get confirmed in the back of the volume, like extra panel they do, which... I think last time we had a discussion whether or not these are canon or if they're jokes because they're typically like funny in like a kind of weird way. Yeah, they're they're
5: they're darkly comedic.
3: And it was um, her and the the mom being on the beach and the grandma's just like, uh, so uh, why don't you tell me who my grandbaby's uh, father is? I I know so little about and the um, the daughter just starts crying because she's just like, those whales are pigs. (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> I don't know who it was. They have no
3: sense of monogamy. I'm like, yes, because they are animals.
5: <laughs> yeah, Frank and Fran gets weird especially in the uh the uh bonus material. Uh well, we'll we'll get to the movie.
3: Uh. <laughs> next chapter, we've got uh it's Veronica centric. There is a guy who keeps attacking the compound and it turns out he is a human weapon and Veronica's just like oh and keeps killing him but he's immortal so he keeps coming back together and then um eventually he just stops showing up one day
2: mm-hmm.
3: and uh Veronica's just like hey why isn't he attacking anymore is it because of me am I not good enough Yes. <laughs> Wait. <what? laughs> meanwhile Fran in like weirdly sage mode Fran and this is like hey you got a crush on that guy right no I don't She's like, no, I know.
1: <laughs> Fran enters uh, sage mode specifically to be a, a big sister and embarrass Veronica. It's pretty great. But uh, notably, uh, the guy that keeps attacking the compound and is immortal is uh, Frog Tooth Toothman from the Rich Lady chapter at the start of the volume. Yeah, I thought so. It doesn't ever say that outright. Yeah. Uh, well, it's the same character design. And Veronica says, oh, he was the guy from the Rich Lady's place. I guess he found another master that's right she does say that yeah so i guess it is confirmed and uh we get what is a bit of a running theme in this particular volume of uh he says haha i'm immortal what but how because i got your big sister to operate on me Ah, great (laughs) (laughs) the classic of uh madaraki monster fights
3: madaraki monster over
1: and over and over
3: fred stop just giving people elective surgeries Your Hippocratic Oath doesn't cover that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But this gives us a bit of fun stuff, like uh, Veronica can breathe fire. That's Mm -hmm. very cool. (laughs) After their latest bout, Toothman is taken in by by a lady who lives alone in the mountains for some reason. And they have a beautiful little romantic montage. They start a family. (laughs) Veronica's totally not jealous. Totally not jealous. And in her uh, going to be totally not jealous, she's there to save them from the, like, PMCs, I guess, that are coming to retrieve him for being a deserter. Except of, it's not Veronica who saves the day, it's, uh, it's Mountain Hermit Girl, who is also a
5: bioweapon.
4: <laughs> Hermit Girl it's like, amazing.
5: Yeah, Fran comes up to the scene after it's all over, and it's like, oh, I was wondering why you didn't come in with your re- for your regular checkup with me to have more elective surgeries, Fran. <laughs>
1: <laughs> after all that trouble we went through to stabilize your body, you went and activated your weird root form again. Oh, sorry, doctor. <laughs>
2: Uh, oh,
3: I love how Fran ends this, too, because she's trying to console Veronica and she's just like, hey, that it's, he's a human weapon, she's a human bioweapon. Isn't it just the natural order for weapons to propagate and for the next generation to be even deadlier and more efficient than the last? And Veronica's like, what the hell? No, what? <laughs> and then Veronica, uh, Fran's just like, oh, wait, no, did you just want me to build you another version of him? That's your type? Like I can g- girl I can hook you up. No, no. <laughs> Fran
4: does read a lot of romance novels. She knows your type.
5: <laughs> I, also, I also love how uh uh there are a lot of cases where Fran will be like, "Man, Veronica, you need to be uh you need to be more sociable. You need to uh be more approachable where uh intermittently uh which one of them is the one with uh, a base level of common sense seems to flip-flop between the two of them." <laughs>
1: Look, Matt, Jay, no spoilers since you've read it all, but uh, I need the Bride of Frankenstein, except it's the husband of Veronica. <laughs> <chapter>. <laughs> I need that because it'll be adorable and terrible. <laughs> so Frank and Fran. Yeah, Veronica gets a lot of good chapters.
3: She gets to go with Fran to school for some reason next chapter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, Fran's very
3: intermittent track record of going to high school. In all fairness, Okita actually calls her out on the, so you're going back to school? She's like, yeah, I got bored.
5: <laughs> we write in the extras at the end. The manga is like, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have that be a regular thing. And then it, at this point, uh, Fran in universe is just like, yeah, sometimes I feel like it. <laughs> I mean,
4: she at the same time hates socializing, but loves socializing because she loves the drama that she could actually like act on based on her romance novels.
3: Fran loves socializing. She's just not good at it. Like well,
4: she, she thinks she's good at it. She doesn't she doesn't pick up necessarily yeah, on her weird. But options. she
3: loves it. She loves talking to people. Like that's the thing. She hates extra work, which she'll sometimes try and avoid, but like
4: because she talks to people and she tells them about what, like, what she does. And then people are like, oh, that's cool. Could you do this
5: for me? She's like, damn it. Faustian bargain and how. <laughs> all, all the girls
3: see Fran showed up again and just like, hey, Fran, you want to do a bunch of surgery? And she's like, I got in trouble the last time I did a bunch of surgery. But yes, also, this, <laughs> has, this has to be a different school.
1: it it does have to be because it's not the weird transhumanism thing that she left the last school as i like i do like the idea that she just bops around to different high schools because she has the she's smart enough to get in any of them on grades alone and just does so frequently enough that she has a passing rapport with uh members of the student body at each
3: (laughs) and because of spare parts uh her like average age is about 17 that's how it works right <laughs> give or take he can average it out a
1: little
5: bit that's how Fran thinks it works <laughs> yeah so why do i have to come with you you're my bodyguard
3: <laughs> but um
5: <laughs> because we want you to be in this chapter
1: <laughs> i forgot about friend's vocal take if she sometimes just draws out syllables and it makes it sound real sleepy and it's super cute and i love it <laughs> <laughs>
3: But um, yeah, so she shows up to school and the popular girls, um, apparently one of them has a real skeezy boyfriend who kind of forced himself on her during their date last night. And basically he's just like, Fran, why are all the boys in this school such pigs? Could you do something to make them less horny? and Fran just immediately goes hey I, I really can't castrate an entire student body no what what am I going to do with that many testicles like you just don't think of the logistics here do you want me to create a golem out of testicles Fran why, why is it always you go off on this tangent no because this is a school chapter I'm going to listen to you but let's keep the testicle golem for later oh
2: yeah.
4: Fran I know, what you t- I know what you read at night now
2: <laughs> I cool, looked
1: love- cool at <laughs> She chops I look, I can't castrate an entire
5: student body. No, nothing like that. Well, Did I think she- I doesn't she doesn't she like do an unless it looks at Veronica who wants nothing to do with this?
2: Well no, that was not what she was implying with Veronica. <laughs>
1: my my interpretation was uh well. I think she was implying that Veronica could do a violence and Veronica took it as, you want me to have them run a train on me to get out all
4: their
3: horniness? No.
4: No, all the steaming.
3: Yeah, because what uh, Fran says is, hey, Veronica, do you think you could take them all? And Fran means that probably in the like, Violence way? Veronica takes it as the can you bone all these
5: git guys. Yeah,
4: because Veronica, oh. even though she has some naivety still, she still is able to pick up on social cues better than Fran is. Better it's, than
5: Fran does, yeah. Yeah.
4: She's like, oh my no.
5: Now, full stop. I'm not a
3: hundred percent sure Fran meant it the violence way.
4: <laughs> we don't know. We won't we probably won't know hundred percent. I-
1: I think, she has a, I think she has a thought bubble where she's like, I was going to suggest, like, fighting lessons or something, work off all that extra energy, but okay.
5: Uh, I don't know what she's on about. See, 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 I, I read it. I read it the uh, take them in a violence way. Uh, I'm not going to say what, Fran, what was in Fran's mind because I stopped trying to figure that out a long time ago. And uh, <laughs> I, think I'm, I, I think I'm saner for it. But uh, Fran's solution...
1: To this particular issue is, well, it is getting close to summertime and everyone's wearing, uh, lighter, more revealing clothes. And I guess it is getting, uh, to be that breeding time for humans. So, eh. what if, what if...
4: It's warmer just, and people are wearing lighter clothes. Doesn't that raise body temperature? Then how does that work?
1: I, I, I don't know. But she's like, uh, what if I just wore them all out? <laughs> how are you going to do that? Oh, right, wait,
4: Fran, you little, little... So and so.
1: Oh, by creating a thing that's going to be like fifty tags on a certain website that we won't name drop here.
3: <laughs> Basically, what what how we get revealed to this is a horn dog, a boyfriend. Basically. <laughs> yeah, gets um, rejected by his girlfriend because she's just like, "Hey, no, what you did was not cool. I'm really upset with you. We'll deal with this later, but like, not cool." And he's just like, "Ugh." Chicks, right? I'm just going to go be misogynistic elsewhere. Huh? What smells good? Huh? What's in the biology classroom? Opens door. Oh, that's um, that is an orgy pile of naked women. That is a
1: horde of naked girls in a steamy room who are all drawing me in.
3: Well, excuse me why I loop on the third out of my clothes. Uh,
1: and uh like magic uh the boys at this school are less horny they walk past the girl whose skirt flips up in the wind and they didn't even uh consider looking all their grades are improving as they are more focused they are increasing their skill in sports as uh (laughs) <laughs> their determination and drive is stronger than ever.
3: Some of the girls try and talk to them and the two guys are just too enraptured by their conversation. are like, so yeah, what points uh, do you think you need to get into a good college? Well, it's really important to consider these other factors. Hey, boys. So yeah, you really can't have any distractions. It's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the boys bad. aren't horny and they're ignoring us. Girls, do, do you think the guys have gotten really cool all of a sudden?
1: <laughs> they're really cool and aloof, and also they're not perving on us. This is kind of a win-win.
5: Thanks, Fran. <laughs> I, I, I do It's uh, just like, oh no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 as it turns out, however, is not fine because uh, eventually the, uh, the the boys <laughs> get more and more exhausted for you know some reason. Their drive. It has gone from increased
1: to uh, petered out, and uh, the idea of sex now disgusts them (laughs) to the point where they are not just ignoring, but actively rejecting the advances of the girls, which has swung the pendulum too far in the other direction. The girls, particularly, Asuki's girlfriend is like,
3: what did you do? Give him back. I wanted him to be less horny, not not horny. You can understand why this is a problem for me. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and then, uh, and then Fran uh, shows the thing she did: flesh golem. Well, oh, not, not surprised.
3: She references a study where um, fruit flies, if uh, yeah. if you spray pheromones on the body of a dead fruit fly. Fruit flies will prefer to mate with the dead body with pheromones over a female. And because there's, as with all necrophilia, there's no issue of consent, it's a more efficient way, I suppose. Uh, The fruit fly suddenly loses all drive to do anything because everything males do is a form of competition for breeding. Uh huh. And then Fran doesn't explain what that thing is, which leads me to believe it's made out of corpses.
1: Because it is a pile of tentacles and sloppy bits that is doing just something to the guys. It It uh, is.
3: It is gross. All the guys are just all snoo snooed up in that sludge. Like, yeah, anyway, uh, the girls have um, not been having a like male attention for about a week now and uh, fly into a jealous rage and immediately murder the competitor for all their men.
1: Yeah, they grab Veronica's weapons and start stabbing the shit out of it. (laughs) It's a thing that happened. I didn't think that this chapter could somehow be misinteristic and misogynistic, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's not really... It's... It's boiling down uh, human drive in a reductionist way, but... Yeah, it's, it's,
5: doing, the, it's doing the Frank and Fran thing of, of hyperbolizing it to the point where it's absurd and therefore funny. Oh. Yeah.
4: I only care one thing. Which is? Obviously, whatever the hell that thing was. Because they're pheromone-driven, and obviously only men are pheromone-driven.
3: I don't think that's true, but okay.
1: Um, (laughs) She's like, huh, the guys are all still so listless, but the the attractant was killed unless some of it survived. What if it it spread? Could society even survive in its current form? I'm sure it'll be fine.
5: I'm just not going to pay attention to this, and it doesn't come up again for the rest of our reading.
1: Maybe it comes up again in a a future. Oh, there's definitely
4: fan fiction about this.
5: I don't want to hear about that fan fiction. I'm not don't going to worry. lie.
4: Don't worry, Jacob. I'll find it and send it to you.
5: No, thanks. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it is,
1: uh, yeah, it's quite something.
3: We we need a nice diversion for about half the chapter. So let's switch to something nice. Um, we're on the set of a movie with famous movie actress. Um, direct quote. Her name is Nastasha A. Laszlo. And that is not Natasha said with a southern accent. Her name is Nastasha.
1: <laughs> N-A-S-T-A-S-H-A. Nastasha.
3: <laughs> maybe Nastasha?
5: But like... Nastasha does sound like a real human name. So maybe maybe Nastasha. But uh, I, I read Natasha, so...
4: It's like they tried to comp- combine Anastasia and Natasha in one and just like created some kind of hybrid whatever that is.
5: That sounds like Frank and Fran in a nutshell. A, por- a portmanteau, yeah.
4: Anyway, yes, <laughs> we are on the scene of a, a movie set. I believe it's a famous mm. movie set. We don't exactly get the name of the studio, do we? At any we get the of name enough. of the
3: director, who's uh, Cheville, who apparently has been making, like, movies for years. So he's, yeah, he's, he's pretty famous. He's a big shot.
4: Excellent.
5: The scene that we start off on is... Uh... It appears to be uh, a scene from a horror movie because the the lead actress is holding a bloody knife. We get the yelled cut, but the entire rest of it heavily implies it's a Western, so...
3: People had knives in the Old West, Jacob.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we find uh, the reason we're following this film is because uh, Nastasha has uh, Fran as her uh, personal physician because she's suffering from apparently a blood parasite. Some form of hyper degenerative
1: disease where her blood is disintegrating her body from like the inside out. So Fran has to replace her blood
5: (laughs) like regularly. uh, It doesn't affect the uh, the skin, the hair, uh, nails, anything like that. But uh... no, because it's all
1: contained to the mucous membranes inside the body.
4: Mm -hmm. Which is totally a thing, by the way.
1: Yeah, that part, I believe. (laughs) Nastasha is uh, a very famous and very driven actress uh, because she's always wanted to work with uh, Chaval, the director whose work inspired her to become an actress. And so she's uh, grinded her entire life for this. And thankfully, uh, this this incredibly rare disease was uh, caught in the early signs or in the early stages. So Fran has been treating her. So she should be fine, right? She's not she explodes into blood because she keeps working herself too
5: much at the movie. Yeah. We also get uh, intercut with uh, the director is a uh, pervy creep. Excellent. He's, he's and very Harvey Hollywood. And Harvey Weinstein.
4: Yes.
3: Yeah, ooh. You know, he actually does look a lot like Harvey Weinstein. You're right. <laughs> his, his whole thing is he's just like, ah, oh, yeah, that actress is going to sleep with me by the end of the shoot. And I'm like, Frank Fran That's 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 not even typically how directors work, buddy. You like you don't plan to do it on the job. You.
4: Yeah. Anyway, Mm
3: -hmm. this guy's a super creep. Super. Yeah,
4: he's super creepy.
1: (laughs) Indeed. But uh, we get uh, Nastasha's uh, tragic backstory where uh, she was a little girl in a trailer park and her mom was a working girl, so to say. And so she would get kicked out of the trailer when her mom was working and she would go to see she'd uh, sneak into drive-thrus to watch movies and it was uh one of chaval's films that inspired her to become an actress a way out of this horrible life of poverty and uh, as soon as she gets that exposition out of the way she explodes into blood
3: in all fairness she does get a dying word which is the film the film please finish the film Mm -hmm. and fran's just like Well, I do always adhere completely to dying wishes of patience, but not to any dignity they would have had as a human being.
5: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a fair assessment of what's about to happen.
3: Because we don't get told what Fran does. We do see Nastasha on the set the next day.
1: Yep. Uh, She's there. She is performing. She's, uh, you know, late and wearing a mask and has all of these... uh, weird doctor-looking guys with her because uh, she's a little... She's just caught a bit of a chill and she doesn't want
3: to spread the bug to the crew, so I've just got my friends to help out here. Fine, <laughs> don't worry about them. Meanwhile, Perv Director sees all those guys with her and he's just like, Oh, she's sick, eh? they probably sick of not having my penis. And I'm like, Sure, why
5: not, buddy? Like, <laughs> <laughs> He is... Uh, he is such a creep. He
4: is caricature but also such a creep
5: over the next uh few days they do uh they managed to uh finish as, uh all of the um scenes with uh Nastasha i believe
3: i don't think it's even over the next couple of days i think they do the shoot with i, I think the movie was almost done was yeah
4: the... it was almost done
3: because uh Nastasha goes back to her dressing room and then proceeds to have her torso ripped off because Fran was inside piloting her like a puppet.
1: (laughs) It it is Five Nights at Freddy's. She has been turned into an
5: animatronic.
3: Sam, that's not even the most appropriate reference to Five Nights at Freddy's of what we read.
5: (laughs) You are correct. Uh, We'll get to that
1: one that one is upcoming but yes she has been turned into an animatronic uh she is piloted by fran and her fine uh facial uh motions and you know various dexterous things of the fingers is all being controlled by uh fran's goons
4: so abject horrors themselves has already been real but will be further expanded upon later yeah
3: so it's a real group project so what what fran did because she couldn't just do this the Buffalo Bill way. Um, She removed all of the broken organs and blood and skeletal structure, because all of that was contaminated with her disease, Um, and also presumably everything's contaminated, but um, the skin is relatively unaffected and the hair and nails. So like a jack-o'-lantern, she carved Nastasha out from the inside and then put her skin on top of an animatronic to create an incredibly lifelike and because she doesn't have any internal organs anymore, Fran was inside puppeting her. And Fran was just like, that was an insane thing we did all day. <laughs>
5: mm-hmm. Her assistants were uh, operating the, uh, the animatronics of the face.
4: I'm just saying for, for Fran to admit that that was insane. What the heck?
3: Yeah. <laughs> so here, Here's the thing. I think Fran was referring to working on the set as being insane, but. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, acting just harder
5: than I thought. Yeah. Cause she does. Yeah. She does say that. But...
3: Well, I'm just going to leave this skin on this nice, moist um, mannequin so that it stays fresh for tomorrow. Just going to leave it in the trailer.
1: Just going to leave it in the trailer. It's like, she's asleep. Okay. Nastasha san We'll see you tomorrow.
3: And uh dear audience, I I I think you might have picked up on. We think the director is a bit of a creep. Mm-hmm. Creepy enough to get drunk and
4: there's also
1: what?
3: the
4: thing of like there's this gap. I'm like looking at this at the scene now. I'm like, did they lock the trailer? Does the trailer lock?
3: Oh, Fran doesn't believe in locks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fran should have a whole bunch of don't trespass signs rather than just turning people
5: into dogs when they come onto her property, you know? Like yeah, that does I mean, seem more reasonable, doesn't it?
4: No, it's not nearly as effective.
5: I don't think that that's true, but okay. here's the thing: you could do both.
4: <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I, I think that's an acceptable method of dealing with trespassers.
5: We get a we get a the, uh, cut of the director seeing that. Uh, hey, uh, Nastasha's doctor left, and uh, she didn't leave, so uh, I'm gonna go in the trailer now. Being asleep counts
1: as consent, right? She's all alone. I guess this is an invitation, and yep. the trailer starts rocking.
3: Yep. And the- so, so anyway, mercifully, we cut to the next day.
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Where everyone on set is exploding in blood,
2: starting yep.
3: with the director, which um, which has a lot of implications that we're not going to go into. But <laughs> because, as Fran says, I'm not entirely
1: sure how this happened because that only spreads through contact with the mucus
5: membrane inside the body.
4: mean the director, yes, I understand that. There, there's the implication there. How did anyone else get sick?
5: I don't want to think about it.
3: So, so here's my theory. I think the director was secretly paying everyone in sex. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
3: why he was so confused. He was like, Nastasha just keeps wanting a check. I don't understand. That's not how I do business. <laughs> everyone comes to work with me because of the good sex i give out
1: oh, maybe they just have really bad sanitary procedures at the
3: like uh, craft services table and instead of washing their hands they shove their hands up the director's ass yeah 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 <laughs>
4: you know, like, the only thing i can think of is like mucous membranes would have to be like if they he- i'm assuming this gentleman doesn't have decent hygiene so he probably is really disgusting to like eat with
3: Probably, like, sneezes all over the donuts. Look, there's a lot of explanations we can come up with. It was probably the first one, which is um, everyone on this set is a bunch of creeps uh, who then explode from a degenerative blood disease. So, you know, it evens Mm -hmm. out. Uh, Yeah.
1: (laughs) But, uh. Hey, Fran do- did say that they finished the movie, though the shoot location's been quarantined. So who knows about the release? <laughs>
3: yeah, the, the movie has been the film has been um, also kept as evidence. Yep. <laughs> she
4: did say finish the film and she did finish the film. Will it ever be
5: released?
3: Look. Fran, if Fran is anything, she is a letter of the law.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes.
3: anyway, um, we cut to the next chapter where a dude is um, deciding to kill himself in the woods by taking a bunch of pills. Uh, Conveniently, Fran was going on a little picnic and saw a dead body and was just like, well, that's basically free, right?
2: She
5: says that out loud. I (laughs) mean,
4: she runs a pretty tight ship. I mean, she's got to find ways to recoup and cut costs when she can. So who's she going
3: to? You know, I, I don't believe that. (laughs) Because some chapters, we get Fran who's scraping together just to keep her organization running. And then there's other chapters where Fran is awaiting her next shipment of organs. (laughs) Yep.
4: Yeah, giving people, like, free, like, she's always, she's a stickler for, like, money or whatever. She's like, I don't know, are you going to be able to pay for it? And they, like, have some kind of appealing story, and she's like well, you have to have this procedure. Oh my gosh, it'd be so heartless not to give it to you. And it's just like-
1: She understands that she needs funds. She's just also very easily swayed.
4: Oh yeah, very much so.
1: I love the page of like, suicide, he's
5: a suicide, right? Guys, guys, he did? Okay, okay, cool, sweet, he's ours. Adoria, take him. <laughs> She's so happy about it. But yeah, I think I think the best way of describing Fran and her financial situation is she tries to run a tight ship. She just fails often.
3: <laughs> Guys, I want to celebrate. We all did our cu- cost-cutting measures for the department this year, so I thought we're going to have a little celebration. Two-week vacation in Boca. Friend, no.
4: <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> feel like almost in an ironic sense this makes her the most human. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I mean, yeah. (laughs) Oh, there's a depressing amount of truth to that. My diet
3: is going so well. I went to the gym and I burned 200 calories today. I am celebrating with a chocolate cake.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, anyway. uh, Free body. And uh, Fran is cutting him up into parts. And then next page, he's just a... uh, Brain and eyes.
4: Brain, eyes, and like a tongue flapping around. And she's like... Oh, he's, he's conscious now.
3: He's also got ears. He's also... Yeah. Fred is so pissed he's conscious, too. He's just like, I want my organs back. And he's just like, I already used them on other projects. I actually only revived your brain because I was planning to wipe it over with new memories. I didn't expect you to be, you know, alive in there. He's just like, but I am. I know. It's inconvenient for me. Can you understand my plight? What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I love the implication that Fran, whenever she gets a new brain, just wipes it like a hard drive.
4: It's also the fact that she would have been able to check vitals and stuff.
1: Well, he was dead.
4: Yes, yeah, so he was dead.
1: He's just miraculously come back, which is want to happen inside the Madaraki Manor. Wait, you don't want to die? It's a little late to be saying that, isn't it?
4: I feel like that just shows how mushy she is. Because, like, realistically, there would be, like, how many potential body she picks up off the side of the road who would have the similar reaction she's gonna like what try to save all of them or help all of them so it's just like yeah she does try to scavenge where she can but at the same time she is sympathetic to their plight and she does try to help people the best that she can
5: uh so uh she does uh she does source a body for him uh, he's less than pleased. This is our FNAF reference that happened before uh, FNAF was a thing. He is a uh, a giant living mascot suit. Actually, but- this is also this is also uh, Glitnir, and I think uh, Frank and Fran's older than Glitnir. <laughs> so
3: I like how the author's notes for this section are like it's a two sentence thing for each story this one is mostly taken up with i want to state that the reference for this uh mouse character was not based on any corporation at all that you can think of i was mean, like good
1: <laughs> <laughs> the thing that gets me that really just sends me over the edge is uh <laughs> she's like yeah this was just something i was commissioned to make it's all i've got right now which has several implications one somebody commissioned fran to make a giant human-sized rat mascot body that is alive and has actual like flesh and blood and hair
5: the thing that uh concerned me was fran was actually incensed because it got rejected because how was i supposed to know they didn't want it to be alive (laughs) yeah
3: yeah, this uh, this new body of his is a mouse mascot costume, basically. We get revealed of its capabilities as he, um, essentially, he's, he's told to just sit and wait in, like, his rental for a uh, human body to come up. And he's just like, I'm a human being, I can go do whatever I want, and starts walking through the city. No one cares because he's, like, this big monster. Um, we get revealed that the capabilities Fran was building into this um, mascot she built for... The Funland Amusement Park (laughs) includes being as strong as 20 horses.
5: For some reason, bullet resistant,
3: bullet resistant and knife
5: resistant jaws that can crush. What (laughs) happens at this theme park? Fran make the cockroaches intelligent. I think she just does things.
3: They're like they want they want a mascot. I'm going to make them ready for anything. I always heard that Florida is really dangerous. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Maybe people want to shoot Mickey Mouse. Uh, not Mi- sorry, legally yeah. distinct from Mickey
1: Mouse, Mousler, <laughs> Mister Mousler. But as he, as he is, uh, as this poor unfortunate is uh, romanticizing his melancholic solitude and
5: wondering, oh, if only I just weren't so lonely. Hey kid, quit following me. <laughs> uh, uh. And we find uh Fran isn't the only one who's uh, incredibly weak to sad backstories. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, to be fair. I, I would I would be weak to this sad backstory. Let's be honest. <laughs> this is an
3: intense, sad backstory. Yeah, because this
5: is this is this is for all of Frank and Friends. Turn it up to eleven. This is very depressingly real. So, what this? Let's say seven-year-old girl, probably. Probably about yeah.
3: Yeah, around that age, um, walks up to this big mascot. Um, he's like, "What do you want, girl?" He's just like, "I was hoping. Uh, can you? I'll just take you home." Um, and then she, they come back to her like. It's not trailer, but it's that like low income housing you see in Japan Mm -hmm. and you can hear from the outside her parents are fighting (laughs) and um, they're fighting specifically about how that girl costs too much damn money and he's just like, oh geez kid, this is a lot, I wasn't really prepared for this. It's like, do you want to see a photo? This is when I was last happy and it's a photo of her mom her dad and her with the mascot in the background. And then she goes, my dad died after this was taken. And now I've got a new stepdad and he's mean. Also, he sexually assaults and or rapes me. And then the mouse mascot is like, kid, I really don't know how to process that, but you're not going into that room, Mike. <laughs> we are, we are
1: leaving right now. I am taking you with me. Unfortunately, th-
5: this summons the police. Well, this summons the police because the mom sees this. But the thing I really like about this is he basically looks at her. Do you want to go with me instead of go home? And she just kind of nods, at which point he he uh, the mom comes out. He bolts with her, which uh, (laughs) this is one of the most sympathetic stories. I'm not going to (sighs) lie.
3: But anyway, um, Grand Theft Mouse happens.
1: (laughs) We need a little break from this seriousness. Oh, go ahead, Jay.
4: No, I was just, like, thinking, just, like, the mom, in in probably an idealized world, probably would have realized that her daughter, like, hears them fighting, and obviously is old enough to process, like, what the heck is going on. It's like, I'm just saying, like, because by their back and forth conversation, the fact the mom is, like, calling the stepdad a monster, it's like, she realizes this is a really screwed up situation her daughter's in. It's like, if I were the mom, I'd be just like, listen i wouldn't want to be here either
5: (laughs) (laughs) i mean it sounds like the mom's complicit in it to be fair but (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know they don't they don't go much into it other than uh uh this is this is as bad as it possibly can be okay we're not we're taking the kid out of the environment
3: the mom has plausible deniability for being like actively awful i suppose but
1: uh we get a uh, We need a little break from this uh, seriousness, so we get a brief little com- comedy, air quotes, black comedy, uh, page, where uh, the police are like, okay, so giant mascot suit, uh, stole a kid, uh, we're taking down some notes here, and uh, it's like, I was like, huh, this police lady looks familiar, who is she? <laughs> Another character walks
5: by, well, Kehoe, you're looking a lot better. Oh, right, the lady from last time. <laughs> this this poor uh lady cop who uh whose life gets ruined by Fran every time she comes within a country mile of her and it's like it's
1: it's gorgeous i don't really feel all that different and fran is tottering up to her in the background she turns sees fran just doing this bright happy smile and she immediately breaks down into a panic attack
2: i remember i remember everything Am I real or fake?
1: Am I the copy? Oh
0: God, my existential
1: crisis! You're gonna calm down. You're real. You're
5: totally the real one. Anyway, well, that, that, it's worse than that because Fran says you're you're the real one because it's all the same anyway. Not really addressing her concern.
3: <laughs> anyway, uh, the cops end up chasing down um, Mr. Mouse with his uh, stolen child, which you know, fair. The, the cops fair. are doing their job.
5: No shade on the cops in this. The cops are 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 fine.
3: The, also, the the mascot is capable of human speech, but is not really because <laughs> like the the cops definitely do attempt to negotiate. <laughs>
5: Mm -hmm. Kiho tells them the guy in the mascot costume is armed, and Fran's like, why did you lie? Because if I tell them that it's a monster, they won't believe me. (laughs) Which (laughs) we find out later isn't necessarily true, but...
3: (laughs) Yeah, Fran's worried that he has gone insane, because again, he has the strength of 20 horses and is bulletproof. Because Fran makes good decisions, Um, (laughs) but uh, basically what happens is uh, the scumbag stepdad shows up to the scene. is just like, hey, that's my daughter. You guys better be willing to pay a bunch of money if that freak hurts her. Also pay some money to me now. Guy in the mascot suit basically just goes. Well, uh, these cops, I'm not, I'm not bulletproof, I'm bullet resistant, so I will eventually die. Yeah, I'm just going to bite this dude's head off. Oh, it's
1: glorious. Because he's like, well, I was trying to suicide anyway, so suicide by cop it is. At least I'm going to go down in a blaze of justice and glory as he runs over, grabs scumbag dad, and just, yeah, full-on decapitates him.
3: It's pretty cathartic, actually. I think he bites out his throat. It's not a full ah. decapitation, but like, yeah. yeah.
4: Full-on, like, bites out the throat, yeah. Yeah.
1: It, it's a little, it's a little hard to tell with the
3: action paneling because...
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. It's a little hard to tell because, uh, while the action paneling is quite, uh, is quite dynamic and, uh, punchy, there is also so much blood. It kind of obscures what's actually happening.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we cut to, um, the stepdad waking up in the hospital,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and Fran's there, yep. and you're like, oh, that dude was dead, and except... <laughs>
5: Except Fran was there, so...
1: uh... So, uh, hey, remember what she said about uh, as soon as a human body becomes available? I don't know about you guys. Did that get you guys? Did that fake out get you? Because
5: I, 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 like, pinged to it straight away. I don't know why. Oh, yeah, no, I I, I think you're supposed to catch that.
4: Mm Mm-hmm what the whole stepdad
3: that but it, but it's not the stepdad who got brought back to life it's oh
4: heck yes
3: yeah there, there was literally no reason to focus on it if that's not what was happening because
4: but. yeah the initial promise was as soon as a human body becomes available i'll transfer you that into that if human body became available fran being adherent to the letter of the law is like yeah i gotta do this
3: but uh, the, the big thing was the guy who had killed himself was um, his whole thing was he kind of came to the realization as he was doing that. Like, I was always kind of a worthless person. I never really did anything that I really felt cared about in my life. I might as well go out doing one meaningful thing. And then it turns out in the end, it's just like, oh, hey, I put you in this dude's body. So um, you can just go ahead and be that girl's stepdad. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, won't the wife need to be informed? Isn't there some weird? I don't no. care. <laughs> Honestly, no.
4: That is not my job.
3: Well... The real fridge horror
1: comes with the fact that uh, we have our we have our denouement at the end, as we always
5: do.
3: Back I was about to say, in case you think this story's ending too happy. Because
5: uh, yeah. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, the the story with the characters we've been following up to this uh point ends really wholesomely because the suicidal guy in the stepdad's body is like, why don't we go to Happy Land or whatever the generic theme park is? And it's like, ends. boy, this is a real wholesome ending. It's a little creepy, he's in the pedos body, but at least now the little girl's gonna have a real dad. And then Fran will go see Mousler Son, And then Fran explains that she preserves human life at all costs because she put uh, she had to put Creep Dad's uh, brain somewhere. So
3: yeah, so she put the brain of an abusive pedophile into the body of a mascot that she then proceeded to sell to F- Happy Fun Land, because I guess they want the creepy mascot. And I don't think they ever said they didn't want the mascot, actually. I think yeah. they,
5: Fran just had that on retainer and mm. was holding off. She complained that they were mad they made it that she made it alive. <laughs> so I guess she never said that they rejected it, but... Yeah, they came to collect it eventually. So
1: now, in the super powerful mascot body... The abusive pedophile will be in the amusement park, surrounded by
3: children. Yeah, I was about to say, you want a Five Nights at Freddy's reference. Um. Where his victim is about to be going.
1: I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine.
2: (sighs) God
4: damn it, Fran. Engines will be rot. But I just thought about from the child point of view, because not only is your abuser now apparently, even if she's able to piece together that the abuser is
1: Mousler's son now.
4: Yeah, he still has the same face of your abuser. Like I'm like, get this girl some therapy,
1: please. That's gonna be an interesting discussion on the therapist's couch later.
3: I'm I'm gonna be honest, I don't think Frank and Fran believes in therapy.
2: <laughs>
1: oh no, oh no. <laughs> So, so let's work through these uh, strange feelings you have about your stepfather. Well, he did used to uh, abuse and rape me. Um, okay. So why are you so close with him now? Oh, because the, uh, because his brain was replaced with a sentient mascot costume that saved
3: me from him. Scribble, 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 scribble. (laughs) Uh, Now, now this is just... For my personal understanding. Did he remain married to your mother? Yes. <laughs> Even though she did not... Cons- you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I recommend your mother come for separate sessions. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh. Uh, I have a theory about France' chaos radius that we will get to in a later story. <laughs> but I get the feeling that uh, mental health professionals... Have either gotten a whole lot of new clients or have been driven out of business by her.
3: We have one more chapter in uh, the first half of our reading, so um, let's get through this. <laughs>
1: yep, uh, the final chapter of Volume Two, Protozoan.
3: So basically, this incredibly hot model, like sorry, hot in like the she's popular right now, but also yes, she's hot.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, is coming in with a disease called like Medusa
2: medusa's head
3: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. which is the liver has become so engorged that it presses up against the side of the abdomen and causes a bunch of like vein spirals off like snakes and they basically go like yeah no it's super weird for someone to have that so advanced in this day and age because typically you catch it and it's very easily treated and then fran's just like well you called me so there's some like weird super science going on here right it's like oh yeah obviously you got to see this and then the woman comes in and she looks pregnant and then flip open the gown to see her stomach. There is a human face embossed into her like the edge of her stomach. It is that disposed and like and of course it's the it's the screaming horror ghost face, and you always know you're in for a good case when Fran immediately goes, "I have no idea what the f- that is." <laughs>
1: So this has all the signs of a case of the Medusa's head, except for the fact that this is a bar relief of flash, which is very cool. And I don't know what is going on.
3: I love how Fran's so quick to be like, that is super coincidental that it looks like a human face. Like, I have no idea what could do that. And the um, model just goes, oh, well, here's the other thing. That face looks identical to my friend slash rival, who's another model who um, violently slit her own throat after um, we had a disagreement about a man. Um, And then Fran's like, I'm sorry. And me rereading this got very confused because the speech bubbles were not clear who was talking. And I misread it that Fran had said, I recognize that guy when we had a fight, that girl when we had a fight over a man. And then the model looks suspiciously like Fran without like Frankenstein scars. (laughs) yeah yeah and i i was just rereading going like man did i miss some fran lore <laughs> I,
1: it's i think it's supposed to be a dramatic close-up of fran's face as the dramatic
3: thing is said and it's being and said we, off panel but like the way it's yeah. structured is you then
5: get in the flashback i'm like oh well the tails on the speech bubbles are very uh small in frank and fran so if you don't catch that it's pointing off panel then it's easy to it's easy to trip yourself up with that. We get the short version of
1: the story, which was, uh, yeah, that's the face of my former friend. Uh, We fought over a man and she murdered herself in order to get revenge on me, I guess. Uh, So here we are now. And uh, friend friend messes with Veronica by saying, it's the curse of a vengeful ghost. And Veronica's freaking out. Ghosts aren't real. There's no such thing. Stop it. Yeah, you're right. There's no such thing as
3: ghosts unless unless
1: please stop <laughs> why is there dramatic lightning happening
3: <laughs> oh jeez! so the the science explanation for this goes a little off the rails uh yeah because what happens is fran takes a blood sample then in the blood sample finds like a weird cell that has 26 chromosomes which is the same number as a human being wait mm-hmm. is that right Yeah, I think so. Okay, it sounds right. Um, If I'm wrong, it's because I misspoke, not... Well, it's also because I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing that originally tips her off that something weird is going on is that the blood has coagulated, despite the fact that it was in a sealed container. And a closer look is like, Wait a minute. That's two different people's blood that I just got from this one
3: lady. Hmm. I should ask to see if there are any people who knew both her and the other lady separately, so I can get them to give me the sweet drama drama on that uh, juicy gossip. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, uh, to do doctor things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Fran doesn't do it. She's much too busy, so she sends Okita to do it. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: With his very handsome face, he is able to get all of the hot goss out of the models. Mm-hmm. And we learn, uh, the full and tragic story is that, uh, these two were, uh, friends, a pair of rising stars in the modeling world until our main model, uh, the one that is the, you know, the patient in this story, she started dating a golf star and playboy.
3: Wasn't he also a producer?
1: I think so. I think so. But, uh. Her friend, her friend is like, you know, that guy's a total scumbag, right? You definitely should not be dating him.
3: In the most power play ever to prove that your friend is dating some dude who sleeps around. She's just like, I'll prove it to you
1: uh-huh. by
3: attempting to bone him.
1: By attempting to bone him and getting caught by the paparazzi. So uh, the two models get into a fight. And, uh, that is when, uh, the suicide happened.
3: And it turned out that she somehow had the innate ability for her blood to be a complete DNA copy of her. So when her blood got inside her friend's body, because she, like, violently bled herself out,
2: Mm -hmm.
3: she was then a part of her forever. And... The manga does a little bit of a, a twit, uh, uh, like uh, red herring here, where it's just like, oh, well, she's turning into that cancerous lump there. And like it cuts to the the blonde model just completely covered in these cancer lumps that are in this like it's kind of funny because the lumps now are like a very like Moe anime girl face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also apparently caused her to go on a violent murder spree because there are dead bodies in the hallway
5: and she's carrying a bloody knife.
3: I, I think the cancer's doing the, the, the science for this is not very clear. Yeah, I
5: <laughs> yeah. was going to say, as you were explaining that, I, I was going to say, I'm glad somebody understood what was going on. I. uh so- so over eventually.
3: They, they, they casually glance over why that happens. It's like, well, there is a thing when you get a heart transplant, you suddenly get different types of food you like. And then even to that, Veronica's like, is, isn't that just an urban legend? It could be, but don't we want to consider all things? No. But Fran, you're, you're a scientist. You should only like, things <laughs> should be proven to you, not just anything's possible, I guess. Um, but anyway, um,
4: after speaking to someone who literally loves romance, like yeah, not... fair. <laughs> she literally mm-hmm. loves the selling of love and romance.
3: You know, regardless, because then Fran does possibly the most amazing surgery she's ever done in what we've read so far, <laughs> where she cuts out all of these blood vessels that are not.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, cut- the the dead girls.
3: She cuts off
1: the literal moe blob
2: yeah (laughs) and isolates it
1: i took psychic damage realizing that
3: (laughs) and then she isolates it in a tank and then there's a time skip where she talks to the moe blob because fran believes in all life even if that life is a homicidal lump of cancer cells where the moe blob then reveals to her that the two of those girls loved each other they were lesbians for each other i
5: love how veronica for the rest of this uh chapter is just contemplating the uh that's an option <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> they, are, they are in
4: lesbians with each other
3: yeah yeah Ver- veronica is a very um early 2000s uh, view on <laughs> <laughs> sexuality,
4: yeah uh,
3: which is Yeah, I'm supportive of it. Just I don't want to deal with it or see it in front of me. Um, (laughs) I'm like, okay. And then apparently what the uh, cancer blob said was, I want, because I have my blood cells, I want them implanted into a sperm, which I, I think a sperm's too small for that, but whatever, science magic. And then I want a bunch of those sperms to inseminate my friend so that I can be born as her baby and by friend, I mean lover. And I want to be my lover's baby. Also...
4: That's, a neg- that's another level. That's incest at that point. Also,
3: she was always kind of weird about the fact I was a girl with our relationship. So I'm wondering, could you just make me a guy in my next life? And friends just then- like, yes, 100%. Not even considering. You would be her son in this example. So your gender really doesn't matter. <laughs> or Incess. it shouldn't.
4: It's <laughs> That
1: This uh. is... This is beyond designer babies. This is designer reincarnation.
3: Yeah, because it's it's not like she cloned her into a male human body. She turned her into the sperm that fertilized her friend's egg. So her friend is still genetically her mother.
5: Yeah. And and I think the I think the uh the other important thing to consider is the friend was in on this discussion because it was the friend who suggested making the baby a boy, which thought- is I thought, the, know, no, I, no, I thought it the other way around.
1: No, it was uh, Suji, the uh, blonde model. She was the one that requested the child be male. Oh,
3: that's weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's much worse then.
5: It makes it even more weird,
1: yes. And so by doing this, by creating this reincarnation, it has neutralized the remaining parasitic protozoans... Because their
3: purpose was fulfilled. Negotiating with terrorist works, I guess, is the moral <laughs> of the story. I don't know what a moral could possibly be, so I guess it's that. Um, uh, anyway, we uh, we get a little bonus chapter at the end with uh, uh, What well, We don't get revealed it's Odoria. It's Fran telling a little uh, love story from the doctor's um, like patient log. And mm-hmm. because the doctor is amazing he refers to all his patients as man a and woman b (laughs) like and what happens is they're both terminally ill they meet in a hospital wing for terminally ill people and they both are in need of organs and um the man is just like well if if you die can i have your organs and i guess if i die you can have my organs and she's like yes
2: Yes, so romantic,
3: lovely and then he's just like yes, I'm totally not just doing it for some free organs, yeah. And then unfortunately he dies first, so she gets his organs. But because of the doctors there, um, he's just like, yeah, no, I kept you alive. Your organs are kind of like a box of sponges at the moment. He's just like, what? Wait, wait, I'm not dead. I want my organs back.
4: That didn't make sense because, like, he is clinically dead first. And so they're performing the surgery to, to transplant his organs into her body why did he necessarily need to have green consciousness
5: hey hey why does anyone need to do anything why were the cockroaches given sentience (laughs) no 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 the 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 sequence of events here is he dies they transfer his organs into her and this is when and i think even whilst the story is being told uh fran acknowledges that she manages to revive man b or man a or whichever oh it's, no, it's, it's not fran
3: it's the doctor
5: yeah oh it's madaraki doctor. i yeah yeah it's madaraki um which, which is why it's a lot more malevolent than what fran would do yeah fair yeah, it's um, like
4: the, the guy is dead the only thing that complicated the thing was why did he have to be
5: his oh was he the thing that complicated it was that he came back yeah, the dead guy was revived by Madaraki's magic science.
3: Yeah, I was about yes. to say that the doctor did it because he he loves to play God. That's his entire character is yes. you don't get to but die on my watch.
4: But that's the thing; that's what created the conflict. He did die; he had a natural death, whatever. Yeah, and, well,
3: from his perspective, he's alive, and those are his organs. Like he he intended to be dead and not have to deal with this. Not. I gave I my shit I, away. I
4: fully understand that, but that's what I'm saying. It's not necessarily, it's it's specifically the doctor. So it's literally Fran's like God worship of this man that is brought into like question because like literally he's the factor that caused this he's conflict.
5: The, yes, he, yes, he causes yes. the conflict. Yeah, Fran might not have the best uh, role model when it comes to morality. Uh, I, shocking and, uh, so- uh, cutting-edge uh, analysis on this podcast. The
3: doctor has never been portrayed as a good person. The last time he was mentioned, he made a girl who tried to kill herself into a whale, because why not? Like,
2: Yeah.
4: She requested yeah. it because she liked whales.
3: No, she didn't.
4: She, pre- she didn't request
3: to become a whale. Like,
1: that's the thing. <laughs> yeah so anyway man b comes back to life takes his organs back which kills woman a
3: he forgot there's a doctor that can mad science people back to life so yeah. so,
1: so woman a came back to life and reclaimed her investment with interest and that's how he got adoria and
5: now they're f- together forever i like how in the bonus material like, at the end of the volume uh the manga is like yeah i like adoria she's probably coming back a lot <laughs> just so you know <laughs> <laughs> Which, cool! <laughs> I love the-
3: in the author's notes at the end of each volume, uh, he'll point out, um, this chapter was particularly popular with women. And I'll see the ones he say, says that about, and I'm like, how? <laughs> I don't know if I believe you. Guys, I assume he must have, like, reader surveys or something, so I don't know. <laughs> yep.
1: Anyway, that's the end of, uh, volume three. Uh, we've been going for a while, so we're going to take a quick break before we dive into Volume (laughs) 4. Welcome back to the show, folks, uh, where last we left our little mad scientist. Um, she did horrible things to people for the best reasons. It's really the plot. If you don't get that by this point, I I worry for you. Anyway, who likes
5: Sentai?
2: <laughs> Me
5: we get we get the 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 most common writer character design that we are legally allowed to put in something that isn't common Rider. <laughs> it opens with basically a common writer character attacking a sex defender
1: and since this is frank and fran he does his sentinel kick and it splatters the guy's intestines all over the sidewalk and then we cut to a doping scandal in the track and field world
3: i really like the like subplot of how this gets initiated oh, yeah. cuz oh yeah me too cuz what happens is um how this gets started is this kid in like high school has a degenerative disease where his bones are essentially hollow and he's got some like weakness to his muscles. So basically his mom just saying like, hey, could you help him out? And France is like, I've, I've got him living a normal life. It's the problem is you want him to be on track and field when like if he trips, he could shatter everything. And he's just like, if I can't be on track and field, what is even, even the meaning of life? Is this a normal life? And France is like... Man, you really know how to hold me to the letter of my Hippocratic oath. And I like you <laughs> for that, kid. I love letter of the law here. Let's give you some adamantine bones.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she goes full Wolverine on the kid and it gets him back into the track and field world. He's doing great. He's uh he's performing spectacularly. Good old Takeshi, doing his best. And Breaking
3: world records. He's doing too good to the point that other track and field stars are getting elective surgery to have carbon fiber bones placed in their legs. So that they, I I presumably because they're just as strong, but lighter. So you're faster because you're moving less weight.
1: They're also spring loaded
3: somehow,
1: but, uh, but yeah, I, I can, it's a pretty abrupt time skip i could only imagine the like olympic you know heartfelt biopic that (laughs) was done where he explained his medical condition
3: (laughs) and uh this got revealed and exposed to the track and field world so anyway um every other sport is super upset that track and field people are becoming cyborgs to be better at running uh, so a bunch of them boys uh, find uh, the kid who was basically the poster child for getting elective surgery to become better at track and field. And they're like, hey kid, you like Gavin elective surgery so you can be better than us normal people? Well, normal's kind of disparaging to the differently abled. Hey kid, we're a bunch of angry mobsters. Don't talk to us about being sensitive with our language. We're gonna beat you up. I'll give you a couple of microaggressions right before my major. like oh no
5: (laughs) and then they and then they proceed to beat him up
1: yep they uh jojo stomp him for a bit so he's like
5: joker arc fran make me even better just chrome me up doc i want (laughs) to chip me in he then uh puts on basically it's a it's a uh rifle outfit he's like uh hey you guys i'm gonna beat you up because you're assholes it's like who are you Ah, god he's beating us (laughs) up I'm Sentinel Justice! And I love, there's a, there's a cut later where he's like, where the hell did that come from? I don't know, but I like it!
1: And so he becomes a masked vigilante, uh, the Sentinel, going out and, uh, becoming
3: increasingly stronger. In one of my favorite scenes, I think it's the most I laughed at anything in our reading, there is this group of kids, like, like high school age kids, girls mostly i think and yeah. they're walking through and they're talking about how one of their friends got like beaten up for like throwing a cigarette on the ground <laughs> so he's uh-huh. he's he's going a little hyper vigilante um and they are then assaulted by these two guys in an alleyway and he sentinel comes out like haha i'm here to save the day and they're all like ah sucker we have guns and he's just like oh no i found that panel so funny it's
1: so abrupt it's just like haha idiot boom
3: wait we all have guns
1: you had one speech bubble about hey i think this vigilante is being a bit too extreme and then you basically bait a trap with getting Right in an alley <laughs> but uh, he is actually like i think it's been uh i think i've gone far enough with uh modifying my body i really don't want to become this like uh hulked up machine or whatever don't, so don't like,
5: mess with my don't mess with the outer appearance of my body yeah. and fran's like well then you're at the limit for that
1: yep and then uh fran finds him in uh bleeding out in a garbage pal and he's like screw it make me stronger i've made it my v- <laughs> i've changed my mind chrome me a doc I keep making cyberpunk jokes but he turns into a flesh monster instead of a instead of a cyberpsycho so
5: yeah that's uh, that's, that's
1: strictly true. the domain of biopunk
5: yeah <laughs> he becomes a sentai villain basically um mm-hmm. and then uh, other people start putting on common rider outfits and uh, <laughs> because, it just escalates out of control well, because
3: what's happening is the vigilante was going around just murdering people who were like petty criminals so you've got people who are coming out like Hey, I know my brother was kind of a good guy, but you murdered him, so I'm getting revenge. Yep, and uh,
1: hey, guess who gave them elective surgery to make them monster-fighting badasses? I
3: wonder. I'm assuming if they were paying, then Fran. Uh. Yes. And, uh,
5: well, it then cuts to Fran saying that, boy, this is a lot of work, but at least it pays well.
1: I sure have been busy lately, cut to a... Uh, a entire like surgery theater of gurneys with weirdos on the table much like how last time fran created a uh, gang war of clones uh she has created a uh escalating sentai war of monsters and common writers <laughs>
5: so... and then we don't hear about this for the rest of our reading
1: yep. probably
5: ever <laughs> uh this whole good guys bad guys thing
1: it's such a workout isn't that just some evil emperor who'll give me unlimited r&d money
5: (laughs) (laughs) well she says that after uh no officer i don't know what any of this is about anyway (laughs) (laughs) click anyway i wonder if there's some evil emperor who can give me (laughs) money god damn it Brad. um
3: Fran, you are the evil emperor. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I mean, kind of. Uh, I will say the the thing about this one is this is this is the sort of classic. Uh, here's what would happen in in a more realistic uh, context if vigilantism happened, and it's one of those ones where um, I honestly felt that the the part where it was like building up the superhero origi- origin was more compelling than the sort of satire punchline because boy, that's been done to death, and that's not really what superhero fiction is about, but it's also done lovingly and very well, so it's like it didn't like, the the satire, you know, worked, and was funny, it's just I preferred the earlier bits of it. I
3: think the satire was literally just, um, man, you know those sentai people who were able to kick through brick walls? That would literally explode a human would, being.
5: Yeah, <laughs> no, that would shatter a person, yeah, and it's it's one of those ones where it's like, here's me who loves that sort of thing, who's like, yeah, but they explain that they can hold back and that's like a plot point in some series but like it's done lovingly so it's like it's not like you know insulting that sort of thing it's lovingly poking fun at it
3: and the teenage mutant into turtles can hit things with the backside of their weapons but sometimes you're just like man that is super convenient that you can always do that without fail
5: It's a it's a well worn uh, criticism, but I sort of I sort of love the fact that like they the superhero origin they do is you know just good <laughs> like I kind of like that more than the punchline.
1: But anyway, who wants to read through a uh, a religious
3: story? <laughs> I was about to say yeah, this wasn't surprising. <laughs>
5: This one this one i was I was waiting for some kind of twist, and I'm not a hundred percent sure if it ever came. yeah, so yeah. basically
3: basically, this guy's found who is made out of bugs. friend does some research, finds out there's a skeleton underneath, then does an interview and finds out that this guy has been walking around for two thousand years, and you're like, that's a weirdly specific amount of time to go, and then he proceeds to say his backstory is, yeah, I insulted some. I insulted some loser carrying a cross and now I'm cursed for the time he returns. It's been 2000 years and he hasn't come back yet. And I'm like, that's very specific. That's
1: very (laughs) specific. Yeah. And Fran's like, forget the religious implications. You're immortal and have been around for 2000 years. You must have so, such a repertoire of information. We could learn so much from you. At which point Amatsuka's like, you know, he's still just got a human mind, right? He probably forgot a lot. of. You're things.
3: basically just interviewing one dude about his trip to the Middle East.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we should still use him for immortality research. Oh, yes, absolutely.
3: So Fran does the immortality research and then also is just like, yeah, I'll build him a body. Why not? That's what I do. And um, the whole thing goes, and finally the dude gets his body built. He looks like he did in life, and he's just like, oh, I'm not made out of bugs anymore. That's kind of cool. Meanwhile, Akita's just like, you know he asked you to let him die, right? You kind of did the opposite of that. And Fran's just like, I think he wants this. It's like, I think he explicitly said the opposite of this. You just don't care. And Fran's like, you're a cat. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's cuts, that cuts deep
3: fran
1: but uh you know he doesn't talk but uh she has been having him you know write down things on a pad so i maybe she just didn't read that she
3: just skimmed that part you know i don't think fran speaks latin
2: because
5: so. that's that's
3: what he's writing
5: i thought yeah. I, she translated some of it
3: i <laughs> thought the the guy there who brought in the yeah. person was the one translating yeah, I'm at Suka. Ah, okay. I think Fran just recognized it was Latin.
5: Okay. Yeah, yeah I think I think that's what it was. Yeah. Also, I I, I honestly don't think that Fran would care about uh, the fact that he wants to die because it's Fran. Yeah. Uh, I but, took a uh, Hippocratic
3: oath that I'm going to do to the detriment of my patient.
5: <laughs> but uh, he
1: he rises and looks kind of like the classic Frankenstein's monster from the horror movie version. So that's a cool little reference. Uh he goes through some uh physical therapy, he gets his uh body working, he gets his coordination back, and Fran's like, all right, that's fantastic. Now uh make sure to come by for regular treatment. Uh those scars should heal up soon and uh yeah, go on and have a good life. And he steps outside, sees the sun, sees Jesus on the cross up in the sun, says, My lord, does it finally end? Falls to his knees in prayer and melts.
3: Yeah, I was about to say. Does this mean the second coming of Christ happened? Like, <laughs> I, I think so. I think that must have happened somewhere in the world. This is the second coming of Christ happened, just coincidentally when <laughs> he left the building. Because yeah. Jesus's curse is something along the lines of if they ask you to go, you must stay. So I, I don't get it because presumably he must have left before when he was a mortal whatever it doesn't matter uh it's just canonically the ending of the story is the second coming of christ caused a genetic switch to switch it was like a genetic kill switch encoded into his dna that ended his immortality when a condition was met which i guess was the second coming of christ yep and that is canonically what happens they don't scientifically explain that at all
5: it just <laughs> happens and the chapter ends Yep, they give him a nice
1: tombstone. And Nikita's like, well, he, he really did uh, want this, so it's for the best. I guess, but now we don't have him for research. Fran, you're really missing the spiritual implications of this.
3: Fr- Fran, it's now the end of days. Christ has returned. You should repent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, in particular, should repent.
2: <laughs>
3: uh, what I don't if, think what if I just send my little sister, and my other little sister to a boarding school that I suspect's being creepy, but I tell them it's because they need to be socialized. That works instead. So anyway, that's the plot of the next thing, is um, Adora and Veronica get sent to girls' boarding school, where um, they are just bullied. Bullied relentlessly.
5: Well, specifically Veronica is. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, Adoria just gets along well.
1: Uh Adoria almost gets hit, but uh Veronica, you know, saves her catching the eye of obvious super bully blonde
3: bitch, which is amazing because she turns out not to be the super bully.
1: Yeah, she's actually not the super villain. It's Demure uh brunette girl who is uh trying to be friendly. We just get a bunch of serial
5: escalation of hideousness. Yeah, they they just keep doing like coming from the blonde but the big thing is no one stands up to her because anyone she targets ends up disappearing the blonde isn't making people disappear
3: yeah Mm -hmm. um first veronica finds out what's actually going on like probably immediately i think she says in the little reveal chapter because what happens is the mirror girl tries to do like your big plot revealing because this is frank and fran it takes the wind out of any like serious plot reveal, to be like, oh yeah, I have a sack in my throat that can stop me from swallowing, and I'm like, giggity. Um, (laughs) God damn it, no!
4: She's read plenty of those romance novels. She knows what the guys want. (laughs) That's
3: why I gotta send Veronica to an all-girls school.
4: (laughs) Please,
2: stop!
3: (laughs) Uh, But...
1: Veronica does basically immediately figure out what's going on as she does the badass thing of
5: seeing the ninjas hiding in the forest. I love the I love the nanny face of the actual ninja among the among the goons. So,
3: yeah, basically the the big plot is this girls boarding school is a front for a sex trafficking ring that will disappear girls to sell them to people
1: after breaking down their spirits and personality through relentless bullying
3: mm-hmm. and um this whole time veronica's just like hey you were still nice to me in class and i want you to let you know you are literally my first friend so i'm gonna murder all of your clients and then i'm just gonna leave you with the mess to clean up and i'm gonna be real sad when you go to jail or if you're dealing with the underworld of crime you might just be murdered but i'm not gonna do it because you're my friend and she's <laughs> just like what why what spicy
5: yeah this is kind of a fun one for me because i sort of saw the pieces falling together like right before they started revealing it like like it wasn't even it was uh veronica was going to demure girl's room uh during her last day it was like it was like 75 percent of the way through the bullying i'm like wait a minute this is frank and fran there, there there's going to be some kind of uh twist and it's definitely going to be the demure girl is is like giga evil or something completely independent of the blonde bully ah but that was where you were wrong jake because it was
1: not independent of the blonde bully they were basically each other's excuses for their hideous behavior <laughs>
3: yeah. no the, the blonde bully was a was a like subservient to the demure girl
4: yeah and i'm pretty sure they probably i'm pretty sure that she like multiple
5: times probably threatened like if you
4: don't bully you are going to be next you're going to be trafficked
5: they never say outright whether or not the blonde was actually in on it but like the blonde knew that the demure girl and didn't bully the demure girl because she knew the reason people that she bullied were vanishing and it was terrifying because of the demure girl they never say outright whether or not she knew for sure or if she just you know, understood what was going on and never got outright told, but it doesn't really matter cuz it know. doesn't
1: matter because uh Veronica did the catharsis and murdered all of the pedo rapists. Good job, Veronica. <laughs> it, it she does cry because uh she lost her one friend, though, which is very No,
5: sad. she's not crying. She's definitely crying.
1: <laughs> anyway, flying spaghetti monster
4: this chapter, this chapter managed
5: to be weirder than the biblical reference.
4: I, it just, it, it had me at the beginning, in the middle, and then the end, it just completely lost me.
5: Well, okay, so,
3: so what has happened is a, I, I think this detective girl showed up in our last reading, I just can't remember her.
5: I think mm-hmm. she's a reporter, isn't she?
3: Yeah, she's like the, the, like, so she's, she she might have been the one who did the story on Frank and Fran. That ended up not being a thing.
5: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think you're right.
3: But um, regardless, basically, uh, this guy's uh, daughter was taken by his wife when she was five, and she basically joined a cult that considers murder um, like a sign of devotion. So mm-hmm. committing murder is super good. And Fran Perfect. walks out of a side door to this facility, and they're just like, well, let's hold her hostage. And then Fran's like, oh, you want a tour? I'll just give you a tour. It's real cool and then proceed to walk through the facilities for this um big warehouse that slowly becomes increasingly obvious this warehouse is built to have a human digestive system
1: <laughs> and this is ventilation and this over here is where the offerings are processed processed into what oh into a into a slurry that's then uh, that then has its fuel extracted from it and then the waste is excreted to use as fertilizer it's got some nutrients
3: left in it okay we're Where's my daughter? Is your daughter the the priestess? the Like the whole thing this cult's worshipping now, the reincarnation of their god? It's like, I don't. Yeah. She was five. Yeah, that, that matches up. Her arm's in the wall. What? Oh, sorry. Um, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, her arm's in the wall.
1: <laughs> well, get her out of the wall. No, don't pull. You'll break the mechanism because it is literally just the arm dangling out of the wall to, you know, have to come and be uh, worshipped by the cult. And it's like, what do you mean? Where's the rest of her? Well, her face is over in that wall. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I will take her out in pieces if I have to. Well, I mean, that'd be real impressive considering she is this entire building. Okay, you need to explain. (laughs) Oh, well, she was dying and they wanted her to be uh, preserved. And so... Because they don't uh, because this cult doesn't like modern medicine and they're not related to the other cult that doesn't like modern medicine. That's just a coincidence. Instead, I used architecture. I instead used architecture and so created this uh, entire facility as a new uh, body for her. Have you ever played Exalted?
5: (laughs) God damn it.
3: No, no one's ever played Exalted Frank and Frank.
5: (laughs) I'm a real fan of the alchemicals. Oh, uh, god damn it. <laughs> At least one per episode. Who are we kidding? Fran would play mummy. <laughs> <God. laughs> but
3: anyway, uh, Fran, because I guess this is the running theme for our readings, just goes, oh, by the way, uh, she's pregnant.
1: What do you mean? <laughs> I mean,
3: there's an entire
5: airplane hangar that is her womb, and in it is a baby. What? <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations! You're a grandpa. I'm I'm I
3: taking mean, my grandchild.
1: I mean, she was an untouched prepubescent child, so it's
3: a miracle birth. You sure nothing happened when you turned her into a building? <laughs> Pretty sure. I I'm, I don't think you can just claim direct A to B here.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 <laughs> but anyway, the fetus is born and becomes a slop that. Uh, consumes the cultist consumes the cultists, and also the the father uh veronica gets fran out of there but she's just like but i wanna see it turns
5: into the flying spaghetti monster it's literally just the flying spaghetti monster like just absolutely in no way modified it is it is mind warping (laughs)
3: It is bold, considering this is a series that just confirmed Jesus Christ is the one true God and has formed his second coming. Mm-hmm. But also the flying spaghetti monster exists.
1: <laughs> a virgin birth, the thoughts of every believer nestled within her. In a sense, you could say that it's faith itself.
5: What? <laughs> and cut chapter. Thanks, Fran.
3: <laughs> so that, uh, that chapter went a little off the rails. Uh, conveniently, the next story kind of grounds it a little. Uh... A little, uh, a little.
1: <laughs> it's it's a it's a rehashing of a famous uh, of a famous story. Except ah, yep. Except it's Frank and Fran, you know. So it's got to have body horror. Yeah, it's
5: got to get weird.
3: So basically, a dog gets hit by a car. Veronica and Fran are walking by. Fran doesn't want to deal with this because she's not a veterinarian.
5: That is fair though, because it's like there's so often. Uh, I am a scientist, therefore I know all of the sciences. No, Fran knows knows to stay in her lane. So.
3: Bold of you to claim that when friend does have a half-human, half-cat hybrid and has created true. dogs before,
5: but um, this at least pays lip service to her staying in her lane. I guess is a better way of putting it because you are you are right about that.
3: I'm not a veterinarian. I don't have any spare dog parts. Jeez, and Veronica's just like I had a dog once, and then Fran's like, oh right, um, yeah, okay, we can fix this girl's dog. Hey, you want us mm-hmm. to fix your dog? Fix my pudding. Like can do. By the way, we only have this spare body. What do you mean spare
1: body? That's a middle-aged man.
3: Yeah, in his tidy (laughs) whiteies.
2: For some reason,
3: could could he wear regular clothes? No. No. (laughs) Could he wear less clothes? I honestly, if he was naked, that would be less creepy.
1: It's the tidy whiteies that really wrap it all up in a unsettling just uh it is proof that this is that dog's
3: brain uh reborn inside this man's body because it it does the trick that she taught pudding Mm -hmm. and frank and she then goes the the, because this girl we we kind of beaten around the bush she's like 16 but she she looks middle school so maybe even like 14 yeah definitely not
4: 16 i would say anywhere from 13 to 14 She's pretty young.
3: Pretty, pretty young to have a middle-aged man on a leash. Yeah.
4: Okay. I mean, gotta gotta get that coin somehow. Maybe she needs a sugar daddy. That'll judge. This
3: Definitely man is. does not look like he ever had
5: any amount of money in life. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> hey, he is hey, also hey, a hey. he is also a spare body of friends. Hey, so
4: hey, you he might have hit it rich in Bitcoin. Don't be so judgmental.
3: Uh, no, uh, when Frank and Fran came out, I don't think he would have made any money in Bitcoin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh she adapts to
5: this life in a sense she recognizes that yes that is definitely actually pudding but this is it, like it's just too weird for her she can't handle it and she's starting to consider should i just should i just take him up to the mountains like abandon him
3: <laughs> no that's what everyone does in frank and fran it's full of monsters yeah.
1: <laughs> But, no, okay, here is where my theory on Fran's chaos radius comes in. Because uh, she takes him for a walk at night, because that there'll be less people around. But some patrolling cops come by, and they're like,
5: What is this? <laughs> <And she's laughs> is like, it illegal for a girl to walk her dog? Oh, okay. Uh, just yeah, do that do, in the day. Just be careful now, miss. And...
1: That just tells me, because uh, she then does start taking him for walks during the day, and other people see this, and they're like, what the hell? But, like, nobody stops her, and that tells me that Fran's chaos radius is such-
5: That people just get used to things. They get used to things. They do the double take the first time they see it, but then they can just tune it out after that. And then they're like, probably that
1: Madaraki chick. Nail in the coffin for this theory in my books is when some creepers go to attack her because there's always freaking creepers attacking girls in this volume i guess pudding goes to her defense and murderizes the hell out of one of them
3: rips his throat out yeah
1: and the cops are like you're telling me this is a dog yes you put a dog's brain inside a man yes he's just
3: defending his master it's self-defense right yep. i was about to say fran is saying this they don't believe the
2: girl when she says this
1: <laughs> yeah, for, they bring fran in and fran explains it's legitimate self-defense isn't it you can't really judge him under human law and the police commissioner's like
5: yeah those guys were scum anyway <laughs> we're just not gonna deal with this bye because that's how right. that works Thank you. <laughs>
3: the detective is clearly willing to write off like human life. It's like those people were garbage as uh, he's got a little checkbox. He can put like Franken Fran mad science.
2: <laughs> <Yep>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but um. anyway, uh, because of the the pudding, saving her from the thugs. And she's like, I was about to like get rid of you and you stood up for me. Oh, jeez, I'm not embarrassed of you anymore. You're coming to live at home with me. I'm going to walk you out in public. My mom is not going to be cool with this, but she can't do
5: anything about it. (laughs) We're going to deal with that bridge when we come to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, no, I've got a degenerative heart thing. I'm dead. (laughs) Yeah, and that's where you that's where you get the uh, this is a reference to that one really famous story about the dog at the train station. So this middle aged guy just sits there waiting every day. People bring him food. And speaking of the chaos radius, so yeah, they Uh, they bring him food uh, mm -hmm. because this is just a thing that happens sometimes.
2: Uh, But
3: he still wastes away and then mm -hmm. dies. And then uh, it ends with Fran and Veronica walking by and another dog got hit.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, macaroni! Or macaroon. Oh, macaroon, yeah.
3: And Fran's just like, well... Dang, I guess I do have the body of that guy who froze to death by the train station. I'm like, ah! <laughs>
5: <laughs> I, think, I think Veronica's even like, wait, isn't that the same guy as last time? <laughs> Fran.
3: <laughs> uh, Talk about reduce, reuse, recycle. <laughs> Ugh, anyway, next case, uh, we get the second immortal person who's unable to be killed. Lots um, of themes in this reading.
1: Yeah. yeah. Birth, immortality
3: sexual assault. This guy's all three. Um, (laughs) He is! He is is a prolific rapist and murderer and basically every crime, because he's gotten to the point he just gets off on the thrill of what he can do. They execute him. It doesn't take.
5: First by hanging, uh, he gets up in the morgue, then by lethal injection and uh, it cuts to uh, the, I guess, the police commissioner or the warden of the prison, either or. And he's like, what do you mean he woke up?
3: Uh, And that's when the scientists are brought in and also Fran because, ooh, immortality research. And this kind of just devolves into like a whole thing of like them planning the execution and the judge being like, I don't care if it's for scientific research. (sighs) He's gonna die because he's a criminal. And like, Fran just has this one theory about why this happened. He's like, well, Oh, I forget the guy's name. It's like Lapold's demon or something.
1: Laplace. Laplace's demon.
3: It's uh, Laplace's demon. It's basically just probability. If you have enough people, the probability that one person will be an ideal human being just increases exponentially. He must be that ideal human being. If he was born in an earlier age, he would be a king or maybe even a god amongst men. He cannot be killed. He could be violent and take over anything. He is the ideal human being. You mean humans, gods, cre- chosen creatures? And I'm like, Frank and Fran, you got real religious in these past five chapters. <laughs> Look, I, I know the second coming of Christ has canonically happened at this point, but <laughs> like, and it's just, he's he's too perfect. Probability has gifted this man everything. Well, I guess we've got to super execute him. Mm. Uh, death by chainsaw.
1: I do like how uh, Fran is like, seriously, just give, just give him to me so I can research immortality. No. You do understand that given my, uh, given my ethical standards, it would certainly be a fate worse than death. No.
5: Okay, then. Honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, be too inclined to play ball with Fran in most cases, but. But yeah, they, uh, they dismember him via
1: chainsaw, but, uh, which is pretty (laughs) fucking brutal. Uh, Fran does not, uh, take this lying down, though. She basically kidnaps poor
3: Kuho the poor police girl i think it's implied he would have come back <laughs> like the the hypersurgery chainsaws did
5: like he should have died before fran could get to him mm-hmm. but because he is so like yeah. flawless or whatever she's able to get to him in time to fran surgery him back into one piece yep. yeah she humpty dumpty him.
3: but anyway his remains escape um friend tracks him down because she still wants to do her immortality research it's a good
5: thing i put a tracker in his body yeah fran if only if only you thought ahead like that literally at any other point in your entire life
3: (laughs) and he's running to the edge of a field and he's just like you don't understand you can't kill me i'm amazing i'm just gonna keep i'm probably gonna start assaulting children now that's the kind of guy i am i just tempt god every step of the hey is that thunder And. (laughs)
2: He just explodes! There's lightning.
1: (laughs) If I'm so evil, let God strike me down where I stand. Okay, asshole. Boom!
3: Canonically, I am. This is my second coming. I have my most powers right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love Fran's explanation. I I hate
3: Fran's explanation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was so ridiculously improbable that he cheated death so many times that the zero to... That the one in a million possibility of getting directly struck by lightning became a surety.
3: That's not how probability works. You don't accrue karmic debt on probability. <laughs>
5: <laughs> this is that this is that gambler's fallacy idea of uh, if you uh, if you flip a coin uh, nine times and get heads every time, it doesn't it doesn't increase the probability of getting tails. Mm-hmm. It's still 50-50.
3: Being incredibly lucky doesn't cause lightning storms to come into existence. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's, uh, it is something. <laughs> the, the, the fourth volume of Frank and Fran got weird even for Frank and Fran, honestly.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. hey, you know what would be even weirder? Mm. If women gave birth to cocoons.
5: <laughs> ah, ah, yes, our other explicit Godzilla reference. I don't know, this one f***ed with me. So, maybe it was the numerous depictions of
1: the various terrible ways this went wrong, resulting in
5: miscarriages? Infant mortality? Something bad and horrible, I don't think we have a name for it, because thank goodness this is a fictional series.
4: (laughs) I'm just saying, like, why were there no red flags that, oh yes, this makes the birthing process so much more efficient and less, you know, traumatic? But hey, you're still combining human DNA with like insects.
3: So in all fairness, when Fran is saying this, 99% of that room gets up out of disgust. So (laughs) there are plenty of red flags. Unfortunately, Martha Stewart is insane and also there.
5: (laughs) Well, to be fair, even Fran points out, this is incredibly risky, and we don't know what the negative side effects will be. And then a scientist character in an eyepatch, literally named Doctor Sarazawa, just gender swapped, is like, "Well, I'm going to do it anyway."
3: My my head for this is Fran got invited to a university to give a talk on something. And she's like, oh, that's great. And then the night before found out it was like a gender studies thing about women in the profession. And her expectation was she would be talking about a women's issue. And she's like, oh crap. Uh, Give birth to cocoons. What what if, what if, what if I popped a larva out of my, wait, no, hold on. (laughs) Yep. She's like writing it on a napkin as the meeting started. Um, Yeah. Because, like, the one justification Fran gives for this, like, working women, they would give them more time. They wouldn't need to take as much maternity leave, right? and she says this like three separate times like that's her only talking point.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: It's it's very project on last night energy. But uh the, I mean she the- does also she does also point out that it it would be a less physically traumatic experience and but again mm-hmm. like the point when Fran is like but we shouldn't rush into this because we don't know the consequences. When Fran says that, you should maybe consider the consequences. <laughs>
3: Oh, the woman who just steals her research because, like, I can't believe I went to that talk and she just told me exactly how to do it. I'm gonna steal it and not do any human trials. Or, you know, if they do one human trial to be fair. But mm-hmm. so, how did you come up
1: with this anyway? Uh, I treated a patient earlier and uh, ent- earlier and turned her into a bug, and kind of gave me this idea.
3: Ooh. Didn't that end horribly? Eh, well,
1: I mean, uh... debatable. <laughs> Define horribly compared to other cases I've had. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, Dr. Sarazawa here just starts an entire
3: industry of uh, of egg babies. And they take off. Everyone's having egg babies. Celebrities are having egg babies. Some people are having multiple egg babies because now you can have a baby. And while the baby's incubating, you can go ahead and have another baby. Yeah, hey, hey, there's your population uh, issue solved, Japan. And then it becomes too easy to have babies. People are just having babies and they keep the cocoons everywhere. And then Fran's just like, you know, we never really did a field test for how these would work in the wild. There's a lot of predators for cocoons stray cats or clumsy husbands or
1: wasps. Voodoo wasps. That, or voodoo wasps. That's the one that freaking got me. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe it's because we spent a couple of pages with a couple and and they were like, oh, we're so happy about this baby. Oh, this is going to be great. Uh, Little Gabriel. And then it cracks open into a swarm of
3: wasps. A swarm of bees.
5: (laughs) Yeah, the worst part is uh, I knew about the voodoo wasps before reading uh, this chapter. So I'm like, this is Frank and friend. It's going there, isn't it? And then oh. it did. And it was just as horrifying as I thought it would be.
3: Well, and then it's like, oh, no, our baby was eaten by cockroaches. And then it, it starts doing other things that are so ridiculous. So it's just like, oh, no, the stray cat. the These cats got into our house and started eating the cocoon. And I'm like, that that seems like you shouldn't be letting stray cats into your house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My husband knocked over detergent and
1: it crushed the cocoon.
3: I would also have killed a baby, but, you yeah. know,
1: like... <laughs> but, you know. But the one that starts the public outcry is when uh, a lady has a back alley abortion, really, and just abandons the cocoon in a in a garbage pile. The least... I, the least it's not bad... as bad as the wasps. But I think it's just kind of hilarious how the abortion, kind of, is the one that sends the politician over the edge. Social
5: commentary! (laughs) I love how all of this uh, is, like, going on, and uh, everyone's like, Hey, Fran, how do you feel about her uh, taking credit for your work? And she's like, and she keeps going, Eh, I mean, she can do what she wants. I think she's being a little bit reckless, but as long as it's benefiting people, I just hope it doesn't go badly, because it might go badly. And then the public outcry happens, and they call Fran to, to the shock of no one. And she's like, oh, well, Dr. Sarazawa keeps taking credit for this. So you should probably talk to her about it. Click. Eh, everything happens for a reason. <laughs> like, that's honestly, that's the most cold-blooded thing that Fran's done the entire two sections of reading that we've done. I don't
3: really care if you steal my research. It's kind of annoying. Like every because t- people kept asking her like, hey, are you okay <laughs> that she's just basically taking credit for it? And Fran was saying it's fine. But her facial expressions were showing she's ticked off about it. Like
5: it, it, mm-hmm. it's very much a you could have at least credited me if nothing else. Like I'd rather you not, but fine, whatever. And then uh, it's revealed that Doctor Sarazawa uh, also had a had a cocoon baby uh, right next to the oxygen destroyer, and uh, it hatches into <laughs> Destroya or something. I don't know. I, I actually don't know what the what uh, her cocoon be- was supposed to have hatched into it becomes a monster
3: it, it's an insect ba- yeah they don't explain why but yeah, i don't know
5: i i, I like my head where it becomes destroyer and then uh uh fights uh burning godzilla it no it fights will girl
3: <laughs> uh on a on a much lighter note uh the final chapter uh we have for our reading this time is <laughs> um essentially if you've read the uh, case closed, Detective Conan uh, mystery where they get locked in a ski lodge. It's that, but Frank and Fran got invited by a bunch of her former patients to get locked in a ski lodge. And then when the blizzard hits, one of them gets murdered and they need to figure out who done it, except because Fran's there. She just brings him back to life. And then the serial killer keeps killing people. And then Okita's just like, hey, this is super weird. Also, no one's freaked out by the fact I'm a dog. Oh, wait, no, they're former patients? Hey, why'd you get rid of them, friend? It's like, oh yeah, they—they're like hypochondriacs. They kept like coming in for like fake things. I—I I had to turn them away. It was getting weird. I'm not doing unnecessary surgeries. And then Akita just has like a full gap of silence and goes, "Friend, you think you think maybe they might have set something up so that you have to keep doing surgeries on them?" And she's like i don't know what that's ridiculous as, soo-
1: as soon as three of them bust down the door actively carving knives into their own body going miss Fran, please save us doctor well,
5: i like how i i like how it's okita who mentions uh you you know what munchausen syndrome is right
1: <laughs> i just like the implication that Fran would actually uh turn down uh elective
5: surgery yeah <laughs> who are you and what have you done with friend Mataraki?
3: I also like Fran's solution to here. Anesthesia's the patients. Sews their faces together and then leaves them naked in the ski lodge. And she's like, hey, if we get out of Akita, if we get out of here real quick. By the way, she is skiing through a blizzard to get out of the ski lodge. Yep. (laughs) And has left them in a circle with their faces all sewn together naked. And they are stabbing each other. And he's like, and it's just Fran's entire logic is here like. Well, they're probably waking up now, and if they're really into pain like they say they are, they're probably going to kill each other. If we get really far away from here, I'm no longer responsible. And I'm like, Fran, that, that doesn't make any sense, but okay.
5: <laughs> I, sort of, I sort of enjoyed the fact that, like, once they revealed that they were, like, former patients, it's like, oh, they're doing it to themselves. <laughs> like, I, I, I caught on to that along with uh, Okita. This is another one where it's like, oh, I see the twist. I like that. It's not exactly well hidden, but I feel smart when I figure stories out in advance.
1: (laughs) Begin the operation. Yay! And then the horror scene.
3: (laughs) And finally, we get a nice little fun bit. The story of Pudding, the dog that uh, waited for its owner, got turned into a movie. And Fran decided to take uh, Veronica with her because um, Fran has such a good track record for having movies based on her.
5: Veronica's like, hey, Fran, we're- wasn't there a movie made about you? You still haven't let me see it. <laughs> you need to be older. Basically, it's a lot of Veronica being like,
2: that didn't happen.
5: Because <laughs> they, they swap out the the old, overweight, middle-aged guy for, uh, for a hot guy doing kung fu in the kills a guy scene. Yeah. And they bang. They bang a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
1: my leukemia was cured. It was the power of love. It was the she- power
5: of
3: love. Then Veronica's going like, that defeats the purpose of the story if the dog doesn't die.
1: And throws her chair into the into the screen. <laughs>
3: Meanwhile, Fran's is like, I like the changes they made, especially the bestiality. And I'm like, what the hell, Fran? <laughs>
4: Fran. Wow. Fran loves it.
5: Uh Frank and Fran, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god
1: so anyway this brings us to the end of our reading mercifully
4: (laughs) well, there is no mercy
1: yeah no you're right yeah fran wouldn't let us die that easy
4: no that would be her admitting defeat
1: yep so uh favorite character from this reading you know uh easy easy win for me is veronica she was uh, amazing she was amazingly delightful uh i i enjoy the straight men in series like this just because the the foils are always fun and uh veronica plays a great straight man while also being a chewy little violent scremlin so and somehow those are combined in a way that doesn't make it super cringe it's just cringe enough to be funny <laughs> And uh, also, she's 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 cute. I I want the the husband of Veronica chapter. I don't know if it exists, but I hope it does because it would be incredibly funny.
3: Uh, Matt, favorite character from this reading? Oh, this reading? I do love Police Girl, but she showed up for so little. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Let's go with Fran. Fran's always steals the scene. She's everything that's amazing. She's almost too easy of a pick. Let's, let's as a sideline, uh, the girl who got turned into a whale in the kaiju episode is also pretty
5: funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she is pretty great. Jay, how about you?
4: So this is going to be an open and shut Fran. Fran is legitimately what I would envision some kind of chaotic, neutral doctor type to just go around and, you know, applying whatever type of weird, contorted type of morality, I guess. On whatever situation at hand. Um, And I suppose my favorite close second would probably be um, Ataria.
5: Solid choices. And Jacob. Honestly, for me, it's a really close toss-up between Ataria and uh, Veronica. I think I'm leaning towards Ataria because, like, Veronica got a lot of really good stuff, and I love her for it. Ataria got less, but I feel was also really well-characterized with what she got. And I sort of appreciate the efficiency there. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Adria barely. Then right behind that, um Veronica, because, you know, for all the reasons Sam mentioned. And then after that is uh, Fran, because, you know, I mean, Fran's, uh, Fran's got to be great. She's the through line of all of this madness. So all right. And uh, favorite case from this reading
1: For me, I think uh, it's going to be the one where uh, Veronica was uh, getting in her battles with uh, Frogface. I don't know why I keep calling him Frogface. He's just got a froggy face. (laughs) But uh, her bioweapon boyfriend that she doesn't confess to and loses him to another bioweapon. And she's like, aw. (laughs) Uh, That was a a fun chapter. It had a lot of the fun ups and downs of uh, Frank and Fran's story. And... uh, Give us a lot of good uh, character moments, and it didn't, it didn't have a lot of Fran in it, and I think that as uh, being able to see just her thumbprint on the world without her being directly there, it makes her even more enjoyable as a character, <laughs>
5: as just a force of madness. <laughs> Uh, Jake, how about you? There were a lot of, uh, these that I really liked. The- the pudding one was, uh, pretty good, cause... Dogs. And it- like, I think the thing for me is that, like, I- I knew the story it was based off of, so I... Kinda- I kinda knew where it was going, so... I liked it but um and it stood out to me uh the uh you know i already mentioned um in the the one with the the super sentai reference where it's like i i actually liked the setup more than the punchline, but you know that one uh was pretty darn good too but um i think the one that i think it's because because i saw it coming at just the right time that the story wanted me to like right before okita pointed it out I think it was probably the the case closed one was my favorite because it, it it's one of those ones where I, I I'm pretty sure I experienced it exactly the way the mangaka intended it and it like that was the funniest one to me by far just cuz it's like oh I know what's going on <laughs> The mascot costume one is also one where it's like, like Coda at the end. And like, not to say that that ruins it because it doesn't. That's very Frank and Frank. Like that's, you know, part of the point. But uh, <laughs> I that one actually would, probably would have been an easy favorite favorite if it weren't for the, the bitter that went along with the sweet. Because <laughs> that's a that's a uh, that's a lot of creepy to deal with at the end there. Yeah. Uh, Jay, how about you?
4: Easily, I would have to say, just because it kind of is a throwback to, so first and foremost, I love it when Fran randomly decides to visit school, but I have to say, I like the case where Fran decides to do a solid for her the girls and tries to make the guys you know pay attention to them without being super horny and it backfires and potentially there is some kind of like weird monster potentially lurking out there that could potentially destroy humanity as there are many many um potentially out there loose ends that you know Fran just loses interest in tying up
2: so (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: yeah a classic in that regard (laughs) Fran shows up, solves problem, does not worry about consequences of a solution. (laughs) And Matt.
3: Oh, man, this is hard because I think my favorite last time was the other Case Closed parody from our last (laughs) (laughs) stream. This this manga has now done two basically direct ripoffs of uh, Detective Conan cases, and both are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... I guess if I have to pick like a favorite one, that's just the most Frankenfran to me. Which Frankenfran isn't really parody the way it does with those occasionally. The pudding one I think is definitive Frankenfran because it's not like mm. super science like the flying spaghetti monster or the second coming of Jesus war. Those went a little further. It's very much here is a very normal situation, except now it got weird because this dog's mind is in a human body and the human body is a. 30-year-old man in tidy whiteys being walked by this little girl. Um, and, like, just how weird it gets and how it just goes to wholesome at the end. And you're like, oh, man, that is really nice. And then in the bonus chat, or the not the bonus, the bonus panel at the end of the volume, it's Fran cleaning out her lab and then notices there's a dog brain named Pudding just waiting in the tanks. And Fran's like, was I supposed to do something with that? <laughs> and you're like... Oh no! There never was a dog brain in that 30-year-old man! It just just goes straight back to horrifying.
2: (laughs) Oh
1: god. (laughs) Or at the very least, it wasn't putting this dog brain.
3: (laughs) I don't know what other brain- she doesn't have animal parts, so that was a human brain. Who
5: knows? Like many things in Frank and Fran, uh, I don't know that I want to know the answers to these uh,
1: questions. (laughs)
2: Ugh
1: i don't think uh the would you continue reading is a uh appropriate question for matt and jay considering
4: <laughs> sure
1: i don't know would you reread your favorite series says <laughs> man on fifth reread of the dresden files
4: heck yes <laughs> any day
1: uh i i definitely would that this really reminded me why i enjoy why i enjoyed our last reading so much and uh yeah, it's still spooky season. Uh, I can uh, definitely see myself uh, getting in a few more chapters uh, to celebrate the occasion.
5: I, I will say there there is some level of I've sort of been acclimatized to the weird. And not to say that it's like reduced my motivation, but it's sort of like changed the context in which i like it, it changes the feeling of it in why I want to read it. Um, it's not like moved like up or down my list of things I want to get to. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I, uh, it's, it's still, it's still high up on the list. And since I actually have been uh, <laughs> finally chipping away at that list, uh, hopefully, uh, next time we come around to Frank and Fran, I can, I can say yes, I did continue reading because I definitely continue reading
1: all right and uh thank you everyone once again for tuning in to the over Cast. Uh, remember to follow us on all of your social medias where we are at over Cast, facebook twitter and instagram uh and uh, make sure to uh, like comment and subscribe on the youtube
3: channel where these episodes go up uh two weeks later and as always we love hearing from you in any shape and form uh we love reviews uh at spotify itunes wherever you can give a podcast review or uh, just go ahead and reach out to us directly. We take emails um, at www.overmangacast.com or overmangacast@gmail.com. at um, Either one, there's a comment thing on the website, or you can just email us directly. Um, Going to be honest, it's a busy time of the year for us as we go through spooky season and into no-read November. Uh, we... T- We definitely read everything we get. It takes us a bit to get back on things. (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
1: We will get there eventually. And uh, make sure to tune in next week where we continue our slightly salacious spooky season with an old classic, High School of the Dead. Chapters 1 through 12.
3: Does that get us to the bullet time tets? I don't know, but Sam, you want to know the real horrifying thing about this? What is that? That series is 12 years old. (laughs) Oh,
5: God! Uh. Time is the real horror. Good night, everyone.
4: Good night, everyone. What's wrong with these
2: guys? Good night. Uh, I'm I'm enlivened by their misery. (laughs)